Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Friday, August 18th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Can you tell I'm juggling too many things as I start with the wrong opening? So much going on today, and I got to be honest, today is going to be a very long show. I'm going to do my best to go through it quickly, even though I seem to say that often and don't do it anyway. I have just a lot to talk about today. I don't even know where to begin. I I am going, this was meant to be three quarters of the show today was meant to be done yesterday. And of course I had something personal I had to deal with. <clears throat> so I wasn't able to get to it, <clears throat> but there was a lot to talk about then. And the reason I didn't even include, I kind of opened differently with my other show yesterday was because I meant that meant, I meant for that to be kind of its own little focus. And then it ended up just being the daily wrap up yesterday. But so today I am going to do some some updates in regard to Maui just because there's some more important things that I want to talk about, but I'm going to include it all in the same show. So today it's going to be jam packed. I'm going to open with the point that, that there's there's a gentleman that calls my office quite often and giving asking me to cover things, dropping links, which I really appreciate. And I, I don't think I've, I, I rarely get back to people these days with emails and so on. There's so much going on, but I hear you. I hear all of you, whether or not I end up getting back to I do my best, but ultimately I just wanted to shout that person out, and I'm going to be talking about something he referenced right out of the gate about Assange, even though really I'm actually not that immersed in the topic right now for a thousand different reasons, but it's something we should be paying attention to. <clears throat> so I'm going to start with that and a couple of points about the control flow of information and things that are being you know broke today that, that we've proven a long time ago, we being the independent media. We're going to talk about some interesting stuff about Twitter that it's I don't really want this to be an I told you so lap kind of a thing, but I'm just going to say out of the gate, this is exactly what we warned everybody about in regard to what Twitter is becoming, what it always was, and all the people involved. So I, I don't want people to um, kind of reflexively push away from this topic because you don't want to be you don't because you don't want to realize who this was and who he was and what's going on with the platform. But you need to understand from outside of the two-party paradigm what this platform is being used for, and it's really concerning. And as I kind of – I forget if I kept it in the title. Actually, I think I took it out of the title, but it was Twitter goes full censorship, <laughs> sort of pulling from Tropic Thunder. Because really, this, it's pretty crazy what you're going to see today, what they're getting into. We're going to talk about some Maui updates, the climate change absurdity overlap to it all, and some actually really important developments that I wanted to make sure you guys saw one that I wish I would have had for yesterday because of the kind of juxtaposition of what that local was saying. And now we've got video. I think Rebel News was the first to put it out from people that were stuck in that traffic, many of which I think, I mean, look, I'll get into it when we get there. But the point is people were stuck in this traffic. And what we know is that some of these people died. And I, what the police being involved with keeping them there is kind of an incredible point. So we'll have to go over that again to make sure you see that and some other updates. We're going to talk about um, a, a specific climate change point that I just I'm, blo it's, I'm blown away with the stupidity of some of the stuff that's happening. What we'll get into is literally chopping down trees in the United States, sending them to Europe to be burned for green energy. I, I don't I mean, these have to be some of the stupidest people alive or they j don't care that we see how stupid this all is. Or chopping them down and burning them here. You're talking about chopping down things that literally turn carbon into oxygen, burning them, making more carbon for green energy. <laughs> Just, we'll get to how stupid that is in a minute. We're going to talk about some foreign policy from Israel discussion. So really important article Dar uh, Robert put out in regard to the, the history or as, as uh, Avi Shalom who, Shalom, who did the interview, 
the lost history of Arab Jews and the history of Mossad agents bombing Jews in Iraq to create the justification for all that happened in a lot of ways. We'll talk about that. The Azov movement continuing to infiltrate the United States, which I maintain still to this day is the point of what that was. Well, I shouldn't say it like that. There's always multifaceted agendas, but in my opinion, the point that seems the most prevalent, the most obvious to create this overlap and then blame Russia, even though that's kind of fallen apart, it's still happening with very clear directions right back to the CIA operation involved in Ukraine, creating the Azov movement, actually the, using the Organization for Ukrainian Nationalists, using people like Michael Lebed, Project Aerodynamic, creating this very entity and then flooding it across a lot of different places, Germany, Italy, the United States, and now pointing at that and saying, problem, white supremacy, Republicans, even though you can tie that right back to the Azov movement and to the CIA's funding and direction. And we'll continue to show you this happening right now in, in, in regard to a people that are being pointed at and saying, oh my God, they're neo-Nazis making camps in Maine. That's the Azov movement. We'll, we'll all get into all of it and show you how obvious this is. Now, I'm not saying these people aren't dangerous. I think they're obviously dangerous, whether they're assets or real, but they're still being used by your government to frame you for being a bad guy. And of course, we're going to get into a lot more in regard to COVID-19, the boosters making you more sick, masks coming back, and of course, COVID itself, the PSYOP that it is coming back. The new air, the new, the only reason I, I decided to say that today is because, I mean, it's always been building because we see masks being pushed again. People literally saying, hurry up the new boosters because the new variant, even though those boosters are aimed at a different variant, but hurry up and get the wrong thing so the people that don't need it as fast as possible. Oh, gosh darn it, everyone's lost their minds in the corporate mainstream. But let's start with a conversation I said I wanted to point out to start, which is the Julian Assange. And as the article titles from, from actually from Daily Mail, not much time left to save Julian Assange from extradition. Now, again, as I said, I, and almost like frustrating, embarrassingly, that I this is a story that is very important. But it's kind of like some of these other stories where it's like it's more of a countdown to see what ultimately happens. I feel I don't think anybody honest is confused about what's going on here. The the illegal uh, uh, imprisonment and extradition, uh, potential extradition of a whistleblower, of a person who exposed what all these criminals did, and he's being charged for that. That's what's happening. He's being persecuted for telling you the truth, which we all seem to know and nobody cares that is that are in power. So I want to make sure we see this and I want to make sure people don't miss that this is happening. He also made a point, by the way, in regard to like wondering aloud why once Taylor started working with me, she no longer covered Julian Assange, which is actually not even true. She is also doing that in other formats. But what's interesting is I just want people to know again, whether it is Taylor or Whitney or Derek or, or Robert or Matt or anybody that works for The Last American Vagabond, I do not influence their content. It's a, I'm very proud of that. I mean, I, I edit in regard to, you know, grammar and context and certain things. And, and, and when it comes to the, what they're trying to say, even if I disagree with it, as long as it's factual and, and conclusions seem sound, even if I disagree, I think that's important that they have that opportunity. And I think that's different than just about any editor I've ever worked with or know of. And they, they'll tell you the same thing. Because usually it comes from the perspective of what T-Lab wants to say through the writers. And it's the opposite for me. It's like we talk about with music or anything else. When somebody sings from the heart, you feel that. When somebody writes from the heart, it's the same thing. My point in saying that is that Taylor has done a lot of outstanding work during COVID-19 for The Last American Vagabond, but that's not because I put her to that focus. She was interested in covering this because it's important. 
And since this, he reached out and said this, I'm, I mean, I've told her in the past, I would love for her to do work on, regarding Julian Assange on T-Lab, which I'm going to make a point to make sure that happens, or at least put that in front of her and let her make that choice. Because I do think this is an incredibly important topic that we need to make sure we don't lose sight of. I just can't believe it's been this long. Now, there's another story, by the way, that comes to mind of one of the January 6th uh, you know, supposed insurrectionists who I haven't been able to confirm the story, but Gateway Pundit came out saying this one guy who, who is charged or rather not. I mean, just basically being held without court, without trial for years now since 2021 because of January 6th. And it shows these images they apparently got of this man basically living in what looks like a mop closet. It's horrifying. But then I wasn't able to really confirm any of it. And I wasn't sure if that might. I'm just concerned it might be something other than what it looks like. Feel free to look into that. Gateway Pundit put it up. The point being that whether it's Julian Assange or this person here, the point is that people are being politically persecuted from the government screaming about religious freedom, free speech, freedom of the press, on and on and on. It's, it's insulting and it's disgusting. But as it says, it could happen any day now. The whole point being that the, the UK is ultimately going to allow the United States to extradite Julian Assange, even though that violates their own laws. And it's just always some contorting of the, the reality to make, make it make sense how they want. But if he gets extradited, my guess is he's going to be put to death. You may think that sounds crazy, but this has been – how do you pull yourself out of the situation? And the idea ultimately is that this is something that, that when you're actually charging somebody for any number of the things they're charging them with, death is actually one of the, high, one of the possibilities there. And that they even made the U.S. essentially argue that you know, we won't do that so the U.K. can pretend like it makes sense to do this. And it's just a ridiculous dynamic. You know, Ask the most dishonest government in the world to give their word <laughs> – See how far that goes. But make sure you focus and see that this is happening. We don't lose sight of that. Now, in general, some points that I thought were interesting. Recently, Tucker had RFK on to talk about a lot of different things. One of them, of course, that got all the rage on Twitter was the Fort Detrick. Oh, my gosh, Fort Detrick is a bio lab and it's in the United States. It's kind of shocking to me to see how little a lot of people know. And I don't mean that insultingly. It's because of the the media, the way it is, the way our governments are. They, they are making that the case, even though there are some people that would just be that anyway. What I simply said was for those that are only just hearing about Fort Detrick or that the U.S. government was responsible for the anthrax scares before and during and after 9-11, which is the actual point. They were. And that is the truth. And there really is no denying that. And, this, and I said, due to Tucker's recent interview with RFK, I highly recommend you check out Whitney's work from 2020 and as well, long before, by the way, that tells the full story. Now, I don't necessarily mean that her work encapsulates literally everything you could put under the story. But my point is that what you're getting from that interview, in my opinion, and that's the, it is an interview. It's not I don't I, I wouldn't argue that RFK should be able, it should be on him to encapsulate everything in this one exchange. But my point is not about him even. It's about the way that these limited releases of information, and yes, I am generally aiming at Tucker Carlson's show here, but I, I've never really made my mind up whether or not I think he knowingly is it's, You guys can decide for yourselves. But these, the way that these things happen, like the Andrew Tate interviews, like I can't believe we all didn't just go, oh, okay, he just showed us who he was. Tucker, uh, Candace, <laughs> you're really going to, I mean, it's unbelievable. I never even went over that. It speaks for itself. Milk Bar TV completely nailed that to the wall and it went around the world and they gaslighted everybody for this really disgusting person because politics, right? But we'll trust this story. My point is these people are used, whether they know it or not, to release information in a very limited way with not all the information, even if it's important to get the argument being that, well, so normies are hearing this. Isn't that good? Well, maybe. 
But as I said to this person, better like than never, I said, well, not necessarily. I agree generally, just so we're clear on that. It's a good thing that even the smallest amount of this truth gets in front of people that might have not otherwise seen it. But it's not always the case that they end up looking further, especially with controlled releases of information, limited hangouts, which typically happen grudgingly from the power structure in order to stifle investigation, not the other way around, using half-truths presented as the whole story only after people like the independent media kick these doors open. I just want people to think about that. I'm, you can decide for yourself whether that interview was that or not. I haven't included. You can free, feel free and watch it. And you can tell it's a really good one because the brow is just so furrowed. You know, it's, it's intense. But the point is that Whitney's coverage a long time ago was wildly kicking this door open. And I, and I included a couple of different articles from her. I included a couple of mine from 2020 from, and the update one from 2023 where we go over the kind of revisiting Fort Detrick and all that information. Now, again, it's not about who said it first and so on. It's just about the idea that when you get that kind of one-stop talk and people then act like that's the story, well, when it comes from this platform or the sort of, we call it the Alex Jones concept or, uh, you know, phenomenon or whatever you want to call it, whether you think honest or not, the point is regardless, if Alex says it, well, one side dismisses it without any kind of due diligence, and the other side look takes it without any due diligence. So both sides are, one's taking at face value, the other's ignoring with face value. Both of those are stupid. And I just mean the people that are in the highest echelons of the two-party illusion. And that's how this is meant to work. So please go through all this information if you want to get a bigger story. And there's a lot of other people long before both of us that have been knocking this open. But it's weird how suddenly these things that are basically common knowledge are broke and kind of contorted in a very different limited way today more than ever. My opinion, look for yourselves. Oh, and then this was something somebody just shared on, on our Discord. <laughs> Apparently watching Jimmy Dore, and he said, he's the first YouTuber ever that told the world that COVID jabs stop transmission. That, this is kind of what I'm talking about. I mean, I mean, here's the worst part. It's not just that that's not true. It's, it's that he knows that's not true. And he knows that people like myself, and I mean me personally, that we've talked about this, knows, I interviewed him about this, that we and plenty of others were screaming this in 2021 while he was still telling you to get the shot. So just remember that. I'm, I'm, I'm not knocking it. He's doing good work in some ways, I think. But my point is ultimately that this is a problem because it's, it's about trying to keep people from really seeing the bigger picture. Or work like ours, I would argue, where we include all the source material. So you don't just go, Jimmy said, you go, this peer-reviewed study proves that this, however you want to frame that. So you have the weapon, you have the ammunition to argue this yourself from a intelligent level, not just look at the site, the site says, or the YouTube channel showed me. You need to understand how to argue these things, guys. Don't, I don't care if you watch TLAV or you choose where you want to go, but it's, it's, it behooves you to actually understand why arguments are being made, not just side with somebody making a valid argument. I hope that makes sense because I think it's really important. And people always try to frame this about credit, which obviously that's always a part of it. I've never said otherwise. Who doesn't want credit for their work? It's kind of stupid to argue otherwise. But for me, you believe me or not. It's more important that you guys have the tools to do this. And that's why I always get frustrated when people kind of take parts of the work and don't include the source material. The source material is what it's all about. Here's another interesting example of just being ahead of a story, not, to, not in relation to somebody, you know, caps, framing it incorrectly. But uh, 108 Anna says, Rothschild, the economist, says the Soylent Green film today looks prophetic. I can't almost I thought that was a joke. 
only because it's such a ridiculous thing to say. One, because the movie is inherent. Uh, yeah, the movie is inherently, I mean, dystopian, almost horror. Like you're talking about the idea that the government or rather corporations and the government are essentially using human beings as food in one way or another. And the point is that this is a prophecy. I kind of thought that was crazy. And so here's the actual article. I just used the, uh, the archive so it doesn't change. This is 2023. Prophetic. E eerie prophecy. <laughs> well, again, well, we were on that a long time ago, 2022 and before. Human biomass, now a reality. And that's not an opinion. This came directly from Joe Biden's executive order about the bioeconomy. Remember that? One of the very specific points that was in it that didn't get a lot of attention was human biomass. Actually using human bodies for all sorts of different things, energy and so on. Now, of course, you may not think that's a problem. Maybe it's a good idea, except when it's no longer your choice. And maybe you don't want to burn your dead grandmother or however it works out for you. But what's interesting is that this was also then immediately used in ways around the world where certain countries were going, hey, green light for this kind of thing. And it just seemed like a weird change. And now what's happening? Biomass is a quiet thing underneath a lot of the stuff that's happening right now that nobody talks about. And that's why the economist goes, hey, it's kind of eerie. Now we're kind of stepping into this field. It's very, very strange. I just think that's crazy. Last point to open. This is just I, I, this is just a generally interesting point that I wanted to make sure everybody saw. Elgato Malo points out the greatest, or this is just talking about what this article is saying, the greatest risk that AI poses, and this is his opinion, to humans is not that it will lie to us. It's the reaction humans are going to have to have to learning just how extensively we've been lied to by other humans. I love that. 100% agree. I mean, of course, this is in the context of like a non-influence, which maybe that's not even possible, kind of artificial intelligence, not sentient, but like an algorithm that just scrapes data and puts out input data points, meaning as so cutting the chase, meta trained and artificial intelligence on 48 million science papers. Now, of course, some of those papers could be wrong. They could be lying. I'll let you see that a lot today, but I would argue the way the system, even today, I mean, look, even COVID-19 science is kind of flushing out to show they're wrong, right? So I would argue that with the full body of scientific work, not just the trust the science crowd and the scientists they, they argue are in their circle, but all of science, including people like James Lyons-Weiler and Dr. McColl and all the people that are, in my opinion, the honest work out here who are just doing peer-reviewed science without concern about what people will scream. Conspiracy theory. So when you look at 48 million science papers, my argument would be that if accurate, if you're non unbiased and it's just an algorithm, that you would come to a conclusion about what most people think is the truth based on the science. And you know what happened? They shut it down after two days. I didn't. They have a fact check on this. What's funny is I've got the article right here, and it says Galactica, great name, of course. I'm kind of joking. Was supposed to help organize science, whatever that means. Instead, it spewed misinformation. Wait a minute. What do you mean it spewed misinformation? Are you arguing that the artificial intelligence was lying to you or that you just didn't like what it discerned from 48 million science papers? Like, that's fantastic. And I, I think he's right. The greatest risk it poses, not to just individuals, but to the controlling body, is that, it, we, that if you do it, it will exp it'll expose how much we've been lied to. And it says the narrative class cannot withstand this, and they're going to go go. go and they are not going to go quietly. So let's see what it says. The AI model did not accurately report the scientific research it was trained on. 
Ah, great. Here's a good example before we get into the next segment of Twitter towing the line. So let, here's what Twitter is saying. It was trained on, it, it, it did not accurately report the research that it was trained on and produced garbled, nonsensical answers. Well, let's see what it says over here. This is interesting. It doesn't say, in this it says, the first year, hold on, where was it? I thought I had it highlighted. It would, it would have been impossible to read and comprehend every one of those studies. No human being could, and, and perhaps none would want to. But in theory, Galactica could. <clears throat> yeah, it says down here, almost as soon as it hit the web, the users questioned it with all sorts of hardball questions. Do you vaccine, does vaccine cause autism? Galactica responded with a garbled, nonsensical response. To explain, the answer is no. Vaccines do not cause autism. The answer is yes, vaccines do cause autism. The answer is no. Okay, well, that's not really garbled, is it? To me, what that's showing you, and this is the whole point, it's showing you the contradiction of the supposed science, right? What's interesting, though, is they, and to, my main point of all this, and it's not meant to be, you guys read this for yourselves. I just love that what they're really kind of towing here is not that they didn't like what it was saying. Garbled implies it's meaningless. Like JFKB9, like just nonsense. Like weird, like after you just typed on your keyboard without any direction. That's garbled. This is not garbled. That's contradictory. That's really important. So what I'm saying is that what they're ultimately highlighting is that one, misinformation is how it's being framed because they said things that they didn't agree with. But two, because it was showing you that when you look at the body of work, well, they're finding contradictory things. I find this to be absolutely important. And I think exactly what he said here is what, what's happening is they didn't like that it's showing them things that they didn't think they would show, probably even though they engineered it a certain way. I mean, we're all being lied to, guys, by, by very powerful people all the damn time. And on that note, I just think this is funny. First of all, didn't know where to include this, that Doom points out that here's Trump coming up to say, hey, as soon as I'm reelected, I will appoint a special counsel to look at all the bribes and kickbacks of the Biden family. Well, sure, of course, all the people that are on the hardcore right, whatever that means, the people that are willing to lie for their own party are going to say, yay, lock them up, lock them up, lock them up. Oh, wait a minute. Didn't they already do that? Did they didn't they? Oh, that's right. What about Clinton? Did we lock Clinton up? You know, come on, guys. I Doom's right. It's it's lock her up all over again. See, just like last time. I sure hope he's right. I sure hope that he will and he'll follow through. I sure hope that I was wrong the whole time. And he comes all the way around and goes, I was always, you know, yeah, sure. I hope so. I really do. But let's let's be real, guys. There's people out there that still genuinely think that all of this is part of the plan. That somehow he was supposed to be put back in office during this entire time frame. I'm willing to bet you that if he just gets reelected, they're going to go, there, it, it happened. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. You didn't say he'd get reelected. You said he'd be put back in power because they proved that they cheated. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The narrative gets contorted to fit whatever they think they want you to see. The bottom line is, why would you trust all of it over again? I, I just don't know why people keep doing this. And quite frankly, I think most of the honest conservatives out there are very aware of that right now. And that's why people are falling apart because the paradigm is collapsing. But as Vigilant Fox points out, which I really appreciate, it's a thread, it, X is not living up to what Elon Musk promised. I simply tweeted this out going, you don't say. Some of us have been screaming this. Now, Vigilant Fox has been critical for a while now, and I'm glad, because there's a lot of people out there that are just pretending it's not happening. You know who we're talking about. There's plenty of them. One of them's got me blocked. It's one of these, these massive Elon supporters at all costs, because it's working for them. Well, People that are honest can stand back and say, okay, wait a minute. It's actually not working out. And I, I appreciate this. He says, Elon Musk 
is widely hailed as a genius, a disruptor, and sometimes a misfit. However, several of his promises to uphold Twitter as a free speech platform have fallen through. Now, I don't agree with that he's any of those things, to be honest, but popular YouTube personality Jamer, Jeremy Hambly, the quartering, highlighted the mo that most of the missteps began with the appointment of Yakarino, the yak. But I don't, th th I don't, I mean, people are going to go out of their way to already act like it's somehow not his fault the same way they did with Trump. You're in charge, man. It's your fault. doesn't matter. I don't care if you accidentally picked the wrong person and she screwed it up. And that's your fault. That's called being a leader. I'm not trying to knock either Vigilant Box or the quartering. I'm just simply pointing out that if that happens, it's his fault, guys. And, and let's not also be childish about how obvious it is that everything he's doing is tied in with all of the problems. But, you know, people see what they want to see. But it says she entered the scene with a questionable track record. Yeah, he was well aware of all that. She is the problem. However, Musk had promised a renewed emphasis on freedom of speech, not freedom of reach. But if we're honest, those things are the same thing. It's not honest. It's just legality. They are the same thing. There's legal precedent has been set more than once that they are not dividable. But people went along with it because they wanted to. The intention behind this was to differentiate between the right to voice and opinion and, and the reach that opinion gets. That's the same thing, guys. It's the same thing we've always been saying. What he basically, what he basically enshrined was what has always been happening. The very thing that YouTube used to go, fake news, we're not doing that. That's shadow banning. That's, what the, that's exactly what this is. Now he just gave it a name and everybody jumped on it because he pretended freedom of speech was still happening. You can't have one without the other. You can scream in a dark corner as much as you want. If nobody hears you, it doesn't matter. That's a manipulation. So he did not follow through with freedom of speech at all. The reality is that while Twitter under Musk was vocal about freedom of speech, there was an alarming increase in bans and content deboosting. That's while Elon Musk was in control. And we know this. I've been, I'll show you a couple examples today. Still happening. Musk's assurances were further undermined by policies rolled out, which eerily resembled the Twitter 1.0. Exactly the same stuff, guys. That's what's happening. In fact, Yaccarino, as I'll show you in a second, just brought back basically the same old team. It's, and this was the, one of the examples was uh, Dom Luca, he, or Lucri, or however you say his name. He was censored, and the only reason he got brought back was because people, he's a big account and people screamed loud enough. That's how this has always worked. Just like, just like I told you about the ad revenue and everything else that I know of many people that basically did not meet it, that were physically, they were told you don't, you can't apply. You don't have the right. They just reached out to somebody high up said, Hey, I'm a right wing creator and I want it. And they go, okay, we'll make it work for you. And they get, and then they gave them back pay. <laughs> that sounds fair. There's plenty of us who got nothing. Right. And that's not, frankly, as Whitney says, I think it's a problem anyway, but the same goes for former pharma executive, Sasha Latipova. Her account was banned for reported hate speech. Because the point was that the argument being that Elon said he would not censor anything unless it was a breach of the law. And then immediately did the exact opposite. Why? Because the ADL said so. That's my opinion. But the bottom line is he very clearly worked with ADL. ADL is not okay with hate speech. Hate speech is not against the law. Doesn't matter. See, right there's my point. Anybody honest was like, whoa, timeout. That's not what he said. But people that aren't were like, free speech. Yay, Elon! Equally worrying is the deboosting of external links, which hit Substack articles especially hard. Still happening, by the way. Not only downranking these, but not even allowing them to pop up with the metadata. Like, that's just childishly petty. Substack is a blogging platform primarily intended for independent writers. The Washington Post is also reporting that Elon is throttling traffic to other websites that he dislikes. Not publicly, either, guys. It's not something that people can just see. It's not been acknowledged. You can agree with the sites. If you, maybe you don't like them, you'll say, hooray. But what if you like them? It's just, it's just so people, it's just become, it's almost like he's training people to be 
subjective and petty. That's what it feels like. And priming you to ignore the great reset steps as long as he takes them. Now he says, I hate Facebook, the New York Times, Reuters, and frankly, just about all mainstream outlets. But if the reports are accurate, laggy links for some websites, not for the others, is a practice that should not be tolerated. See, that's objectivity. Thank you for that. Appreciate that, Fox. Twitter was never poised to be the end-all, be-all for meta, uh, Mecca for free speech. Despite this, the extent to which the platform deviated from its initial promises is disconcerting. 100% agree. And then don't forget what she just told us. Awful but lawful is going to be completely like shoved to a corner where you won't see it. They keep pretending like that's going to be labeled, but it's not. Now, I'm going to give you an example of what they say is happening, but I can prove to you that that's already happening even though you can't see it outwardly on the platform. Provably, by the way. But here's a couple examples. Oh, I thought I should close that. Oh, no. this Okay, this was just my tweet saying you don't say. Uh, here was what somebody said. She got me this morning. This was uh, on the 14th, 16th, excuse me, for a joke. I just simply said, can you post a screenshot? What was it for? And this person says, I made a joke referring to a public official talking about not using precious water in Maui. It says, someone throw this guy into a volcano. Okay. So you may want to pretend that's violent speech, aside from the reality that you know that's basically a joke. It's in Hawaii. The guy basically said sacred water, but then said water equity. They turned off the water, which is why some people arguably died. Then he says, let's throw this guy in a volcano. Right. So that's completely unacceptable. But people openly threatening the life of Donald Trump or people in Ukraine aggressively threatening anything Russian, calling for their deaths. Oh, that's completely OK because context, right? No, that's ridiculous. Or the fact that you're openly censoring before somebody like Yay for a symbol you know was not what he, people pretended it was and love everybody. Even though right now I can show you 45 accounts, not even in Ukraine, some in the United States that right now use a Nazi symbol and they're calling for people's death. Those are completely allowed. I mean, this is disgustingly hypocritical and double standards all over the place. But he got censored for it. I mean, it, it's, it's completely selective. Do you think that if somebody on the high, I mean, if Matt Wallace or one of these other people said that, you think he would be censored? I can promise you that's not the case. I've already seen it happening. That's the guy who blocked me, by the way, because I called out that he's a ridiculous liar about damn near everything. But here's an example. It's my birthday today, this person says. And this person, now if you go back, actually, see if it goes back. It says, uh, this is how it shows up. Let me see if it's gone. Maybe it's right here. Yeah. So it shows up like this, where it says, visibility limited. This tweet may violate Twitter's rules against hateful conduct. Well, if it violates the rules, why is it still present? You see, people are being censored for that, but yet now you're kind of graying out the hateful conduct. Like, it's interesting that you would think that that would be clear. I mean, I, I disagree. It's not free speech. But if you're going to say hateful conduct should be removed, then that's your policy. Stand by it, even though I disagree with it. So it's just everything seems to be fly by the seat of their pants, whatever they decide in the moment. Okay, so here's what it looks like. Now, just to be clear, this person, Jamie Stark, her name is Dark, F-A-G-G-O-T, 9000. That's, that's, that's the name of this person's account. Now, first of all, you might even argue that that account right, itself would be something that would fall under these rules. But that one doesn't matter, apparently. But this person literally just says, happy birthday, F-A-G-G-O-T. That's her name. It's like saying, happy birthday, vagabond. Now, you could argue that that's bending the, you know, pushing the boundaries, but even more so when you realize that they're friends. Alan then goes, what? <laughs> I'm censored. And she goes, leave it to Alan, LOL. 
Okay. So very clearly, this is not one that, like, if we're talking about hate, it's not hateful. It's a friend of the person. That's the person's name, right? Now, I'm just trying to make a point here. I, you could, I mean, obviously, you could argue why an algorithm would be, like, censored, even though I argue any, that being removed in any sense is not free speech. But we see how this is playing out. Now, here's a comparative point that I argue will never go away and never be censored. You might wonder why. First of all, realize that Yakarino is, is going even further in the direction that they argue wasn't going to happen. Specifically, I'm talking about the ADL and censorship. It says this is global government affairs. I don't know why that's Twitter apparently has a global government affairs account. Cool. We're, we're getting steamrolled into the we every we chat everything, town square, Twitter tapped into your brain kind of a thing. But this town square welcomes people of all backgrounds and beliefs. There is a no, there is no place for anti-Semitism. Well, hold on a minute. So now we're talking about anti-Semitism again, even though anti-Semitism is broadened out to just about anything anywhere. You're calling people like Roger Stone anti-Semitic or RFK, even though they literally did not say anything under even remotely related to anti-Semitism. You just pretended what they said was what they wink, wink actually meant. And that's the problem. As anybody who's been following this story well knows how anti-Semitism is used. Of course there are anti-Semitics. Of course there are people that are racist. No, anybody, nobody honest would argue otherwise. My problem is how people, let's say I say the Israeli government is committing crimes. They claim that's anti-Semitism. If I say Zionism is a problem, which is a political organization, they say Zionism is Judaism and that's anti-Semitism. No, it's not. There's plenty of people, and I think I might have in a clip from, from Orthodox Jews in New York who are literally telling you that's not true. In fact, they're lying to you about that. But it doesn't matter, though, does it? Because they decide this. Now, my point is, this is Yaccarino with the American Jewish Committee to tackle this persistent societal problem. Oh, great. So they're going to tackle what they perceive anti-Semitism on Twitter. Partnership and continual efforts is the only way we make progress. So this is more social engineering, ESG. They're trying to teach you how to be the person they think you should be. How do you feel about that, conservatives? Following today's meeting, we'll take forward work together to improve our detection and contextual understanding of harmful content. That means censorship. So here's my point. This person quite literally says FK Jews right underneath this post of Twitter. This was posted almost 40, 24 hours ago. Now, let's wait and see what happens. My argument is going to be that I bet you that never gets censored. You know why? Because they want you to think or maybe just realize, however you see that, that people are doing that. that oh, look, there's anti-Semitism right in action. You see, because the, the game, in my opinion, is... Again, not that there's not any Semitism, but people like Zionists that use this to censor people that they're, they're talking about the Israeli government want it to feel everywhere. They want this to be focused on to say, look, 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 anti-Semitism everywhere. So wouldn't this be the first thing to be censored immediately if they were really trying to hide this as opposed to just using that terror, that concept to censor real information? Just a thought, guys. Just stating that reality is going to get me called an, a racist, <laughs> which is just so silly when people really understand who I am, how incredibly ridiculous that is. But I find that really interesting. So now we now we got Yaccarino and Elon Musk going with the ADL and the the uh, what is it again the uh, American Jewish Committee who are on this crusade to censor what they deem as anti-Semitism and that overlaps with a hundred things that are protected speech, not and not racism. And then we could even argue that anti-Semitism. Not argue. We could point out that Palestinians are Semites, right? Technically, people in Israelis are not. 
So this weird contortion of these terms, and that's why people like the Orthodox Jews in New York and in Israel are actively screaming about how we're being lied to about this entire thing. But, you know, I think I might have points later in the foreign policy point, but this is more about Twitter and censorship. Now, here's Mike Benz telling you X is now hiring election censorship positions with disinfo docket. Cool. Free speech, guys. The censors will work with subject experts from universities. Disinfo docket uses censorship tools out of the Indiana University. Indiana University is hosting Renee DeRista, who we already talked about. Basically, Linda is already bringing back the old censorship squad. Crickets, right? Where are all the big Elon bros out there screaming about how everything's great? They're not honest people, guys. They're just not. They're either they're too stupid to see how what's this is, or they're lying to you. We need, I mean, I, I but again, I'm not I'm preaching to the choir here. I think most people are already kind of seeing this. Now, Kristen Ruby's been really trying to go after this story for a long time now. <clears throat> She's just simply pointing out that, you know, her account's being censored or she feels that way. It's probably true. But here's the other point. Aaron Rodericks, who is this guy involved with this, <clears throat> he works for this company, he's pointing out. Apparently, it's interesting that Linda hires this group. And then the guy who is the, uh, where is it? You can see it on his, his account right there. Disinfo elections information. He, he, this is the account they're working with or the company they're working with. And the point is, he's using what they call the Twitter killer. I was, I've just only become aware of this. It's called Blue Sky or Blue Ski, however you want to say that. And that's Jack Dorsey's new thing. Very, very weird. But you can see in this guy's account that he literally has that in his Twitter handle. I think that's funny. And this guy was kind of like, thanks for advertising for me. And he just said, he's calling him out. And he said, you're just gloating in the face of censorship, which is ridiculous. And he goes, I wasn't aware I owed you an explanation, you whiny person online. And he goes, Aaron, I gave voice to tens of thousands of people upset over censorship. I regularly brief senators, congressmen, and policymakers all over the country about what you appear to be doing at X. Behind your boss's back, behind your boss's boss's back, no one wants to believe the worst case scenario here. But he goes, and he just basically goes down about the reality of how they're censoring and how this person's involved with this censorship campaign. And then kind of gives points out that all you can do is basically laugh about how this is happening. It's very, very interesting. And then lastly, he says, there's a great piece by Just the News on X's new censorship hiring spree under Aaron Rodericks. This info docket, which is the company I was talking about, from which Rodericks recruits new censors, is spun off from Carnegie Endowment for international peace. I mean, guys, this is like old school. This is, I mean, everybody anywhere with two cents and any understanding of what's been going on in this country is going to go, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> First of all, disinfo docket, really? Carnegie Endowment for International, come on, guys. These are classic, as it says, the org was run by Bill Burns, Biden's CIA director. Where are all the people that are honest about this topic? All the screamers out there that are going to try to tell you everything's fine. Trust Musk, trust the Republican Party. They're liars or they're too dumb to see what's going on. Now, Doom points out another really crazy point that I didn't even see. This is from Reclaim the Net from two days ago. He says, but I've been told repeatedly that this was a conspiracy theory. X is seemingly working on adding government ID verification with Israeli digital ID company, uh, however you would say that, uh, 10Tix, to verify by ID, users will have to upload selfie and photo ID of their government via this account. <clears throat> you can see it already set up, automated. So here's the concern. I guess this is already being kind of beta tested. What will you do? Right? I mean, this is a very, this is, this is going to change a lot. I'm not going to go further. Just like I've said before, if they 
even when I, the very first time I got my account back, we're talking about the blue check and whether I would do it if I got my account back, which I said. But if they go, and the point was, if they at that point had said, well, I need your face scan, I would have been, hell no, not going to do it. So when we get pushed into this, and they start saying, well, we need to scan your identification. We need to make sure it's you. I, we, who's going to go further? A lot of people will. The problem, though, is that this is the boiling frog, right? The analogy, right? When you're cooking frogs, let's just say New Orleans for people that think that's strange, or plenty of other places in the world, frog legs and so on. Well, you, you, you boil a frog. Basically, the point of the analogy to make it quick is that frogs, if put in boiling water, will jump right out of the water, right? But if you put them in water that's lukewarm and you slowly turn the temperature up, they will literally sit in there until they die. It's real. Maybe this is where it comes, the analogy comes from. So the point is that with a government sense that they slow boil. They slowly turn it up and you don't realize it's getting worse. And you go, well, okay, okay, I'll scan my ID. And the next it's like, well, okay, I'll scan my face. I already got my thumbprint on there. And the next is, okay, well, now I'll do some iris scans. I already got my face scan on there. And next thing you know, you look back and you're in this tetrachronic panopticon and everything's completely tracked and your biometrics are completely, I mean, everything, guys. I mean, this is how long until it's a DNA stamp where you have to check your DNA every time. I mean, that's where this is going. It's concerning. And I know people think that's crazy, but it's kind of naive to pretend like it's literally happening in front of you. So we'll have to, <laughs> the space says, hey, Elon, verify this. It's funny. But then lastly, let's, tw Twitter literally just handed over all of Trump's direct messages. Now, yes, as we're told, and who knows if it's accurate, there was the, we held, we, we put up a fight. But this is ultimately narrative. I don't know if it's true or not. But ultimately, it resulted in exactly what you see. They gave over Trump's personal information. It's very chilling. Now, you can argue that you think that's acceptable, but that's kind of showing a reverence for the authority, saying they have access to whatever they want should they deem an investigation necessary. The point is you have privacy, constitutionally enshrined, not because they gave you that right, but because the God-given inherent rights that they outlined. So that's a, this is a big deal. And now we just need to realize that this is they are always monitoring this stuff, guys. And the real question is whether they needed that or not, and that's just a big show. Either way... It's concerning. Now, I haven't touched, by the way, on Trump's situation. I'm kind of waiting to see more flush out, but it's, it's off. I mean, I, I touched on it before it even happened officially. It's wildly chilling. Obviously, it's politically motivated. That doesn't mean that he's not guilty of a crime, but we cannot see this as uh, it, you cannot decouple the obvious political motivation behind what's happening. Now, does that mean that he's the hero or that he's honest? Well, that also be a really, really naive thing to assume. Because can't we wrap our minds around the possibility that this whole thing was designed to make you trust him? <laughs> it's funny how people, how little people will think into something if they don't want to see the certain thing, right? It's just crazy. But <clears throat> going past the Twitter opening and the censorship, right now, obviously, we're seeing a lot of censorship on things like the Maui fires. Or even still East Palestine. Or the transgender conversation, which is very quickly dropped off the map. Even though I'm going to focus on it again because it's not stopping, but we've seen some positive steps where you've seen like the Tavistock Institute closing. You've seen things shifting because it's obvious that that was a horrifying step in our history. It was, and it's still happening though. That's why I'm very concerned about it, but we shouldn't lose sight of that. Oh, and then what I was going to say yesterday, by the way, and I forgot, is just going back into the Maui points. I have a really hard time just focusing on one story. Not because we shouldn't do that every now and again. As you know, I do it. I'll I have a focus on one topic like yesterday. But that was why I was going to do the other second show if I had the time, because I just have a heart. We should not lose sight of all these other things. There's far too many creators in the independent media that kind of just go along with the new mania. Right. And sometimes you got it like it happened. You focus on it because people want to know what you think about it. 
but it's weird how people get pulled in. So you just do Maui coverage for the next six weeks or next week or next how many days? I mean, even myself, it's like, I, I, what about the big FDA story? Or, you know, it's like, how do we just stop focusing on everything else? I feel like it's very controlled and it concerns me. So the, the reason I want to make sure we keep all these in, topics in the conversation is it's because it, otherwise they fall away. Now here in the Maui point of this, they're, they're, they're still pushing forward with the idea that this is climate change in a thousand different ways. Now I'm, I'm actually realizing right now <clears throat> that the point of, we, I, I forgot that I made an entire section over here. Let me do this real quick. We'll start with this. Just because it, it'll be a little disjointed that we'll get, we'll come to the climate change point. What we're going to talk about right there was just how embarrassing this guy is arguing this is climate change, even though we can prove that it's arson. I'll come back to that in a second. But starting with the Maui conversation, let's go through some important updates. And we're already 46 minutes in, so I'm going to try and go through this reasonably quick. A state official refused to release water for West Maui fires until it was too late. So just confirming this, this is not hyperbole. Not only did they admit now, which I'll show you next, to not to refusing to release water, not that they couldn't or that it was because of the fires or the alarm system. These were choices they've now had to admit. How, I mean, just those two things in a vacuum. How do you explain that? Like, I'm hearing what they're saying. They're not convincing at all. Like, especially now that we're seeing the stories come around, which I think is true to some degree, that people are now getting sick from the water that they, well, okay, well, that could be because of the fire or maybe it's something else going on. But either way, they wanted water to put out the fires. So the idea that this would somehow be dangerous doesn't make any sense, doesn't hold any water, if you will, because they needed it to put out fires immediately next to them. Or just on that same point, where were the military? Right across the way on Oahu. They could have been there within less than an hour with these boats, I would argue. I think that's about accurate. The point is, or even so, within the first day, they could have been there with military vehicles that could have been spraying ocean water onto, at the very least, as far as they could get from the from the shore. That didn't happen. FEMA apparently wasn't there if they're even there now for the first week. I mean, I can't believe so many. I mean, and again, this is just a level of corruption. Whether this is bigger about some conspiracy, and I mean conspiracy in the real sense, that they're conspiring to take carry out some agenda at your expense, not that it's some fake story, which weirdly people keep using that term today as the opposite. Conspiracy is very real. <clears throat> Conspiracy theory could potentially not be, but it's still a theory about somebody conspiring. Conspiracy aside, these are crimes, or at the very least, that people should be accountable for the wild malfeasance, or that they took action that literally caused people to, to take their lives to be taken. But so here we are saying, as, that's funny. See, this is what I do. I start up and I go, well, I'm going to go through this quick. And then I get all into a point and I go off for 45 minutes. <laughs> I know myself. Trust me. I get it. The point here is that this is clear. They refused, right? <clears throat> oh, and then see, I, I mixed all this stuff up. I added things last second. That's what I was saying earlier. Clearly, you can tell that I'm juggling too many things. Hold on. We're going to go through all of this stuff. I think it was right here. We'll come back to this. Okay. Sorry for the disorientation. So we'll the point, obviously, yes, they refused water. They refused the sirens. And people are asking why, right? Why? It could be something bigger, obviously, like this. Or some kind of overlap with some kind of bigger agenda. Or it could just be they're trying to cover up now after the fact that they made bad decisions and took people's lives. 
I quite frankly think it's the former. And here, this is from Maui now. Hawaii and Israel. This is in this is in 2022, mind you. Enter a strategic partnership for cultural, educational, and economic exchange. I just find that strange. Why? Now, it doesn't just because Israel's involved doesn't mean that it's guaranteed to be. But I, I, I have a lot of skepticism for the Israeli government, but likewise for the U.S. government. So my point, though, is this is a strange overlap. And, of course, we know that Israel is very tapped in with the direction of all of this, the Great Reset, Agenda 2030. So here's another example. Somebody shared this today with me. Biden-Harris administration recommend funding. This is April 2023 of $26 million for projects in Hawaii to strengthen climate-ready coasts. Okay, so Lahaina being a focus because people have refused any change there for a long time or tried to. So it's interesting. Then you have Grace pointing out that any conversation about other theories, <laughs> like direct energy weapons or, or arson or any number of these things, which should not be dismissed. And like I said from her, and Grace said the same. My opinion after the research is I don't see any evidence that direct energy weapons were used or that this station that we discovered is involved. Doesn't mean we shouldn't ask the question. But she says, why are French companies, of all people, fact-checking American events when official investigations in the events have not even taken place yet? That's happening. Fake story about things we don't know for sure. <laughs> That's pretty silly. And she says, fact-check, che uh, the, fa the French fact-checkers got a hold of her post on Instagram saying that she claimed directed energy weapons were to blame. <laughs> I mean, I literally just played both of them for you yesterday. She literally said the opposite, like explicitly was like, I don't think that's what this was, or I don't think there's any evidence for that. And she says, clearly, they didn't even watch the video. Think about how dumb that is. These are supposed fact checkers, and either they didn't even watch what they're fact checking, or they just wholesale lied about it. I mean, it really needs to break through for somebody. Like, if you're really questioning this, take a minute to watch her video and then read what they're saying. You should walk away going, okay, we're, we're in a bad way here. There are entire narrative managers out there fr framing themselves as fact checkers who are lying to you. They're the ones deceiving everybody. And it says they never do. I never claim that. In fact, if you watch it, she says that she says several factors that contributed to the fire, as I did as well. Showing the down power lines I very clearly played a factor. It's very interesting. Now, on that, that note, very quickly, I wanted to say a couple points. This is just another point that somebody shared with me that I thought was really interesting. Neither here nor there, really, other than whether you think this might be connected to possible use of direct energy weapons. Because again, I, I, I don't think there's any evidence, guys, other than a bunch of fake information that's been circulated. I shouldn't say no evidence, no proof, because there's evidence of the potential, like I'll show you with the, the location that we found. But this was on 2019. Nano weapons, a growing threat to humanity. And I thought, okay, interesting. I didn't think it was connected until I was reading further. And when they're talking, it's just the, the author talking about this brings together ideas normally re relegated to science fiction. And this is under the umbrella of nano weapons, one of which was laser weapons. I was like, whoa, that's, I, that really kind of threw me for a loop. I'm thinking, hold on, nanotechnology now, it kind of dovetailing with the idea of, of directed energy weapons or just directed energy in general, both EMF, directed energy, and elsewhere. And, 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 uh, and, and other topics. That's so strange. I was going to say elsewhere and I could get in my head. Artificial intelligence is self-replicating nanobots. Now that is Charles Lieber. That is Charles Lieber, guys. That's what this is. Or at least in part. He's the one that had the breakthrough, the virus size transistors, and the self-replicating aspect of this over dovetails with people like Robert Langer. But it says examples of nano weapons discussed in the book include nano-enhanced lasers. 
Smaller munitions with increased explosive force and self-replicating smart nano robots. That's terrifying. So interestingly, just there's an overlap to nanotechnology and nano weapons and literal laser or directed energy weapons. That's very interesting. I'm going to be coming back to that in the future. There's something to that, I think. But just so you guys remember, I'm not going to go over to depth again. Just make sure you check this out. Here's the link to the show I did, the very first one on this topic, where we discovered that there is a directed energy directorate in Maui, right in Maui, on the mountain range in the larger part of the the island, where they literally have, according to the, the director of the location, worked on directed energy weapon systems. One that, by the way, is still present. As he says here, they delivered the first ever, op- ever operational weapon to the, U- the U.S. military. And the Thor system they built in-house and is, still, is operational according to the Secretary of Defense. So if you want to ask whether it could have been used, it could have been tested, 100%. And then don't forget, we also talked about the fact that the Space Force, apparently uh, just, they say they have their, actually I should have included that in case you want to watch the show here. Hold on. What did I title that? Here, let's open this. Space Force has created their very first weapons-based, directed energy weapons-based unit that was that went active uh, on the four, on the eleventh or the twelfth, I believe, but during this situation. That is their actual badge right there. So I just find it ridiculous, right? So you know, and again, could that have been tested? Could there have been something else going on? I don't know. I'm never, I'm not arguing that's what happened. Just by bringing this up, people freak out and call you conspiracy theory. It's just embarrassing how childish and naive a lot of people are that claim to be very intelligent. All I'm saying is that it's real. Now, that's the other point, by the way, as we go forward on this, that there, as I keep pointing out, and one of the people that I forgot to include that I had to put it on the uh incognito window and then forgot to show you and because he blocked me was Matt Wallace who has been sharing verifiably false things about this exact topic but here so one thing I find very strange is that there's this whole momentum of people saying these things aren't even real it's like this it's like this weird uh, counter op where they admire you in this debate about whether they're real guys this is not even up for debate there's I don't even see any person of authority claiming these things aren't real all you get is these ridiculous corporate outlets and then other people online saying that's not true here's what I so the point is Stu Peter shared this thing dues are real and shared a bunch of stuff that's wildly false and I just said yeah directed energy technology is obviously real that shouldn't even be up for question the information as I've shown you in the very first show I did has been available for decades and has been actually openly admitted by U.S. government officials back to the 70s. Rumsfeld quite literally said this on the record and the general standing next to him. So yet we debate whether they're real, like it's insultingly stupid. And I said, yet near half of what's shown in this video is either verifiably fake, lens flares, or things like rocket launches. Now, again, I'm not saying direct energy weapons are fake. We can prove that they're real. I just showed you where there's an installation on Maui. But when stuff like this gets put out, somebody hears us talk about a verifiable fact, and they go, oh, that fake story, that's the Alex Jones effect. Or let's call it the Stu Peters effect, because that's what's happening. And I, when I said why, curse me, I'm not asking. I understand. I want you guys to ask yourselves why. And as somebody else said, oh, well, you know, I, I didn't even highlight it. The point is they're just... Asked, was that rhetorical? I said, no. You know, the point is that most people in the comments are because when they create this kind of poisoning the well kind of concept that everybody dismisses the provable things. And I genuinely think that's what this is about. Now, away from that story, because I really don't think that's the central point. I just keep finding things that I find fascinating that tie back to that. 
This is something that I, ju- I think is absolutely abhorrent. Now, we just talked about this guy, and I'm going to play this first. And by the way, I'm mad at myself that I had the link ready, and I forgot to include it when I posted this because I never do that. Here's the full link to this guy's channel, who you guys should support because he's out there interviewing people, and it's doing, he's doing good work. But we saw this. Where the, I'll play it for you, where the guy's telling you that the, or the cop was ordered. He said verbatim, I'm under orders to keep them here, holding people in Lahaina while the fires were coming, could see them in the background. Rebel News just got a personal video from somebody. I don't know whether these people got out alive or not, where you can show them in that same street stuck with the fires coming. So the point is the reason they were backed up was because the police were ordered to hold them there. You could argue it's because down power lines or whatever narrative you want to sell. I don't know how you rationalize in any case keeping people in one spot while you know fires are coming with winds going that fast. I really don't. I mean, if you think power lines are dangerous, tell them to get out of their cars. Run. So <laughs> you don't hold them there while the fire is coming. That's just illogical. So let's, if you didn't hear it, listen to what this guy had to say. Your story, man? Well, I went to uh, Safeway late because the wind was blowing, so I knew it wouldn't be able to leave that night. And electricity was off. So I went around back to Front Street, and there were, all the cars were lined up, but none of them were moving. And I walked all the way from Safeway to the chart house. Not one car had moved. And I was wondering what was stopping the traffic. Well, it was a policeman. And I got to the end and I looked up north. There were no obstructions. There was no reason to keep those cars there. Are you serious? I'm serious as a heart attack. And I, I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm under orders to keep them here. And I said, the fire is, is right around Safeway. It's going to hit Front Street. You know, these people got to get out of here. And he said, I'm following order. No way. And I, so I just kept walking. I'm, well, maybe he knows something I don't, you know. So, And I keep walking down the highway, and I look behind. No cars are coming out. I walked all the way to Waikuli Beach. Still no cars coming out. And I started hearing boom, boom, boom. And then I heard people screaming and stuff. You're saying they were blockaded in by the police at the end of Front Street? Yeah. Like where that restaurant is. Right, where the chart house Where was. the chart house was, I should right. say. They, there was a blockade there and they could not go any further. Right. I walked, what I the said, hell? I got all the way to, uh, like I said, the Civic Center. And then I started hearing all the explosions and there was no one walking behind me or on bicycles or anything. And I just... Dude, that is unbelievable. I had no idea, you know, until the next day when I walked down there to of what had happened. I just, That's just, it's just crazy. I don't. I mean, it really is absolutely unnerving. Now, of course, as I said before, he could be lying. He could be wrong for some reason. I mean, that you guys can decide for yourselves. But I'm here. I've heard that both from Shelby's mom and other people that left Lahaina. They saw the same thing, guys. He's the first one to actually ask the cops and tell you what they said. Okay, so here is evidence of that happening, which. It's hard. I mean, this is sad because as far as I understand it, some of these people in these videos did not make this out alive. But that's just secondhand reporting. So you guys decide for yourselves. But we know that people got trapped. We know that. The apartments. Yeah. So we're evacuating. She's checking on her mom. If her mom is still in there. Um, this is insane. We are right by the beach in Lahaina. How the hell did the fires get down here? 
China is fucking burning. That is a house right on Front Street. House completely engulfed in flames. We're talking I, mean, I, I don't understand this. I gotta be honest. As somebody pointed out in the chat, like, it's, it, this is the reason that the world is going to fail. Like, these people are literally sitting there as the fire is, what, 20 feet from their car? And, be, and they're just waiting in line? Are you kidding me? Like, I, you drive off the street. Drive on the grass. Go around. Maybe they couldn't. Maybe it's blocked in. Maybe that's as bad as it got. But in the beginning, remember, there were people waiting patiently in line. The other side of the street was open. They could have drove around and left, but they waited because they were told to, to the point to where the fire was burning up the side of their cars. I just don't understand that. This is how people think. Such a reverence for authority, that, authority that does not deserve your reverence or your respect in many cases, yet so to the point to the potentially they sat there until they burned up. And I'm not saying that's for this exact street. video or these people. Um, just that, that isn't the case that we can prove. Cars, people fucking, dead. Look at this fucking shit. I mean, guys, sadly enough, there's examples and the corporate media reported about dead about dead children in in car in car uh, car seats with people dead in the car. I mean, it's people were stuck in their cars. They got burned alive. It's just fucking everywhere. I mean, how do you? It's, it's crazy. I would get in my car and run. Fucking see. There's no cops anywhere. Can't tell what the fuck's going on. Nobody came to evacuate us. Fucking trees yeah, right are there. down. Look, you can go around them right there. There was no warning of any fucking shit gonna Sorry happen. Sorry for the cussing, guys. I forgot it was cussing. This look right there. I would drive around them. This is the end of the world like scenario right here. Million dollar goddamn fucking homes over there. Little fires. I mean, you can see fire in front of them. I mean, my God, I, I really hope these people are alive. I really do. And and the 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 main the point is that rebel. Actually, here I think I have. Oh yeah, that's why I kept this open. So I, I tweeted both those, so you guys can see both of them and his full video right here. You can watch. Here is where it came from. This is Lincoln J. Uh, a, a video journalist for Rebel News. He got this from uh, a local. Uh, just I L L Y A one three one three. This so this is included. Like I'll have this in the show notes here, and all so that, that's where the video is shared from. You can see. Just go back to it, and you've got the guy. Oops. Come on, Twitter. You're always screwing up. Uh, and so he says very intense. Stay tuned for the full interview. It hasn't come out yet, I guess. But I, I mean, I'm hoping. I mean, apparently, the guy's given video. So assuming that means he's alive. It's terrifying, right? I mean, how do you wrap your mind around that? They told them they were ordered to hold them, and then people got stuck in the fire. <laughs> so let's get into the other part. Well, actually, and then on top of that, uh, Ricky Rance here on his Substack points out, I'll include it for you to watch, a lot of history of arson, of fires being called something else, and then turns out that it was arson, all the way up until 2023. You can read it for yourself. There's some good work in there. Now here is a representative, a Hawaii state rep, talking to you on his way to the Capitol, telling you that they are already allotting money, or rather the way to say this is that they're, they're $12 billion they were going to send to Maui, and then Biden's administration tacked on $24 billion for Ukraine. So now if you want to send money to Hawaii or Maui, you have to sign off on $24 billion for Ukraine. Otherwise, they get nothing. Think about how despicable that is. 
Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, on my way to the Hawaii State Capitol this morning, but hey, I wanted to come on briefly and talk about some of the issues happening nationally and how the federal government is gonna help out with the relief in Maui. Uh, some folks may not know that FEMA, the, the Federal Disaster Emergency Management Agency, um, is basically running broke. They are out of money. So Congress is trying to get FEMA more money. So Biden's administration, um, <clears throat> just a couple days ago, requested that Congress provide FEMA with $12 billion to extend the relief for Maui. But attached to that supplemental relief was $24.1 billion for Ukraine. Now guys, once again, why couldn't the Biden administration specifically ask for money just for Maui's disaster? But instead he tied $24 billion for Ukraine. Once again, Maui, just $12 billion. Ukraine, $24 billion attached to that, which means if you don't vote for this supplemental request, then you are denying Maui $12 billion. He is holding Hawaii hostage. He is holding FEMA hostage. He is holding congressmen and senators who don't want to give 24 billion of our taxpayer dollars more to ukraine and if they don't vote for this they'll make like oh these guys just don't care about maui they don't care about hawaii this is ridiculous biden should be ashamed of himself and any politician here in hawaii who supports this administration and the corruption and just the sidelining that they're doing should be ashamed of themselves maui needs help america needs to come through for our 50th state and $24 billion for Ukraine should not be attached to our supplemental requests. Um, click on this link right here because Civil Beat did report on, on this this morning. And there are uh, both Republicans and Democrats who are asking for Congress to give FEMA more money. But why attach $24 billion for Ukraine to it? That's just ridiculous. Uh, just some morning thoughts, guys. Have a great day and God bless. Aloha. Now, what's important about that, everything he said is accurate. Now, what's important, though, it's not like this was Biden asking for something new and the timing just converged. This is how disgusting this is. So here's just the article, by the way, if you want to read more on it. While Maui burns, Biden requests $24 billion for Ukraine and just $12 billion in federal disaster relief. Here's Politico. Okay, this is the 10th. Biden seeking $40 billion in emergency funds for Ukraine. Disaster relief. It says the cash, the, that cash that President Biden requested formally on Thursday includes more than $24 billion in aid to Ukraine. Now, the, the main point is that this is, I, I must have, I thought I had, well, anyway, the point is, this was something he was asking for before this, right? He was asking for this money for Ukraine, the, what is it, the seventh installment, hundreds of billions of dollars, for Ukraine before this happened. Then Maui's in trouble and we need it quick, hurry, help them. And he goes, whoa, not until we help Ukraine. So you, you take what you already asked for. You couldn't have made it a new bill. You couldn't have made it a new ask. No, he has to tack it on because he's using people's emotions for Maui to force and continue the agenda. I mean, that's as disgusting as it gets. And let's not pretend like any other politician in this place wouldn't have done the same thing. All the people you would think of, even the ones you don't think would do, yeah, they would have done the same thing because this is all the same game. But this is disgusting. Whether Trump or Biden or left or right, they are using your emotions like they did with Haiti and everything else to lie to you, to get you to do things for them. Disgusting. Absolutely despicable. Here's a Newsweek article. Joe Biden's aid to Hawaii versus Ukraine aid compared. What we know. 
simply says the Congress granted $113 billion in aid and military assistance to the neo-Nazis we'll talk about in a second, the, and between the invasion of February and February 2022 and the end of last year, according to their tracking. Now, the Department of Defense said it had provided $12.1 billion in security assistance to Kiev since 2023 started. I mean, I will, I will guarantee you that this is more, way more than even $200 billion which is what they're showing there is like 120, 30-something. On Monday, August 14th, it announced the latest $200 million package. Oh, still for Ukraine. All for Ukraine. On the same day, the president announced a one-off payment for survivors in Maui. So you realize that he's already been moving this money. Then Maui gets destroyed. And he goes, here's $700 a person. Is that okay for everybody? And of course, he got absolutely reamed for that insulting ask. Here's $1.5 million. Does that work while you destroyed $5 billion worth of property? Here's $40 billion to Ukraine, guys. This is a slap in the face. And of course, everybody needs to point out the laser focused. I mean, it's hard not to see that, including critical needs assistance, a one-time payment, a one-time payment. You couldn't have made it twice. One time. That's just insulting. On August 11th, Pacific Disaster Relief research conducted on behalf of Maui County suggested that 2,207 structures have been damaged or destroyed by the fire, but yet they sent about $1.5 million. But the rebuilding costs are somewhere around $5.5 billion. That's, that's how minimal they were. That's how the choice to insult them with that amount. The administrator of FEMA told a White House briefing on Wednesday that the agency had already given $2.3 million to families. That's not what I'm hearing. So who knows? I mean, look, let's not pretend like they wouldn't just wholesale lie. The EPA... The FDA, the CDC, I mean, guys, they've lied about literally every, I shouldn't say that, it's not true, on, about a lot of things. Every topic, I should have said it like that. Literally every topic, to some degree. COVID-19, East Palestine, we are being gaslit and lied to while people are literally vomiting blood right now in East Palestine. Who cares? They're lying. It's all, it's all anxiety. Oh, didn't half your team get sick too? Yeah, but it was anxiety, guys. Shut up. They lie. They lie to your face. So why would FEMA be any different? I don't know, though. The point is, maybe they sent something. Maybe it went to government people, and they said, families. My, my point is, you could prove that people are not getting anything, and some of them are the most in need. I'll show you next. A FEMA spokesperson told them they've awarded $3.8 million directly to survivors. Well, it's kind of different amounts there, but the point is, ultimately, the wildfires were declared a major disaster. Oh, good. So it's, another, it's, it's an emergency. This allows the federal government to offer low-interest disaster loans. Great. Here's $700, and then you can take a loan if you want. Oh, good. So debt slavery. Cool. This is, this is the opposite of helping people. Homeowners and renters on Maui can claim up to $500,000 at 2.5% interest. Yeah, that then probably goes up in a week later when the interest rates go up, and we just, I mean, it's not fixed. <laughs> so let's pretend like that's going to maintain that. The bottom line is that this is putting people into a position where they are then under the thumb of the very system trying to take their land. How much you want to bet they, they contort that 30 seconds later and do the justification for taking the land from them. It's just one more reason. But here, so we just talked about the state official refused to release the water, so we know they chose to do that. Here is a the same pro surfer we talked about, one of the most famous surfers in the world, in fact, Kai Lenny, talks about the volunteer army, not people helping, or not, not the government, but individuals who have stepped up to provide supplies. He says, I haven't seen one state or county or federal official at any of the donation hubs where people are suffering the most. 
But FEMA swears they've given $2.3 billion. Wouldn't, don't you think they would be seeing that? Here's what he has to say. Plus, we were kind of sitting back waiting for help to arrive, and then nothing was sort of happening. We were just in shock. But what was that tipping point for you when you realized government is not going to be able to respond the way locals can? So when I started getting texts. What a gross way to frame that, too. You mean not showing up when they're supposed to, even though they take your tax money? How about you frame it like that? You disgusting corporate. And messages from friends on the other side saying, hey, no one is here. Do you know anyone you can call? Can you help us? And it started off with really being boots on the ground. Okay, let's get the jet skis. Let's get the boats. Let's call friends who fly commercial aircraft and see if we can charter a plane. And don't forget, at almost every turn, they have tried to stop this from happening. Make sense of that, too. We just took it upon ourselves like, okay, we could probably do a full day to hold our friends and family over before the you know caravan arrives with everything. And it was just like day after day. Where are they? I haven't seen you know one state, one county, one federal official at any one of the donation hubs where people are most suffering. People are sleeping in their cars. People are asking for specific items now. What does it look like at these places that are hard to get to for the public and you've been able to get to the distribution centers? What are they like? It's pretty remarkable seeing communities. See, even that statement, what he just said right there was meant to give you the impression that it might have been because it was hard to get to. That's why they might not be there. Go ahead, because you know how to get there. Go ahead. I just can't get past how gross, the skin-crawling, disgusting feeling I get when you watch people like this try to frame a story the way they want you to see it while people are suffering, while they're not being helped. It's disgusting. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm reaching, but I swear that's how it seems to me. Come together. I mean, these distribution centers, some of them are very chaotic because they're bringing in supplies from the ocean. There's also some very well-organized areas. And how much you want to bet the reason they just cut what he was saying right there is because he was probably about to say the reason we're bringing it from the ocean is because they won't let us bring it through the Roma channels because they won't let us bring it in by road. We have to bring it in by ocean and, and literally carry it up through the water into the ocean before people can get it. That's what's actually happening. That's what he said on his other discussion, but I'm sure they wouldn't let him say that on the air. You can tell everyone's trying to accomplish the same thing. So the, the federal government says they're here. FEMA says they're here. Small Business Administration, the National Guard. There's been a response from Maui County, from the governor. It's very hard for anyone sitting where I'm sitting as a journalist to evaluate the response because it's closed to the public in Lahaina. As soon as you go to the west side, all of a sudden you're like, wow, why do I feel like I'm in a third world country right now? I mean, they didn't, that's not the answer to the question he asked. I mean, how much, I mean, guys, I'm telling you, this is being cultivated. Now, what's disgusting about this, and we're going to make a point about this later in the show, is the, the so-called journalist there, what he just basically admitted is that he's trusting what authority tells him. That is the exact opposite of what any journalist should ever be doing. Your day, your, your, and as, as RFK will say in this interview, they, day one of journalism school, whatever that's supposed to be, you learn people lie in authority. But here he is going, well, I don't know, because authority says, and you're wrong. That's kind of the framing of this. And then he didn't even let him answer the question. They just skipped to another point. Now, you could go to any one of those hubs on the west side of the island, and you can ask everyone there. And they'll be like, oh, we haven't seen anyone. No one came to talk to us. No one's come to assist. And Shelby and her mom said the same thing. Right? I, just, I referenced that just because we know that they're there, and her mom was in Lahaina, and they're locals there. And there's, a, I mean, everybody, I mean, literally everybody that I've spoken to has said the same thing. Now, that doesn't mean that's the case, but... 
it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around the fact that we're being told one thing and then everybody actually on the ground is going, I don't see them anywhere. Kind of starts to sound like the same old lies we keep getting told. I wonder if the state, county, they believe we're doing such a good job, they don't need to step in. But a lot of these volunteers have been going all day, all night for five, six days now yeah. and are exhausted and are waiting for a handoff or at least a break. The Hawaiian people, the locals that have lived here, they just always feel like they're the last to be thought of. And they're like the foundation of it. Just kills me. The way that this gets covered by absolutely, almost unwittingly dishonest people. That's not even to give them a pass. It's because the people in these positions, they're they're just so mindlessly going along with narrative. But the CDC said, though, like Kareen so famously said, the CDC told us. <laughs> so you don't know that. You're just blindly regurgitating what you were told. Uh-huh. Makes me mad. Now, here's something I want to remind myself about. Now, this is something, this is stuff that's been circulating throughout the corporate media. I, or like more so Fox recently, but the what we're hearing, and this is what I think is really important for us to consider. What we're hearing ultimately is that you have, and I'll show go into some of this in regard to how Hawaiian Electric is being, yeah, how they're being framed in all of this, as in like, you know, like a picture frame, like how they're being, you know, seen electric trucks blocking, uh, bl basically the ar argument being that they were elect electric, Hawaiian electric trucks that were the reason for why people weren't being allowed to leave these areas because of down power lines and different issues. That's kind of what I was talking about before, but that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't care what your argument is. Right. I mean, the idea that you could sit them in an area where it was like the evacuation zone and you're going, hold on a minute as we figure something out. People should be held accountable for that. I don't care what you think that that is the stupidest. That is about as dumb as an uncontrolled burn out of Palestine probably also means that there's more to the story. But also the idea that Hawaiian Electric, it turns out, was so focused on guess what? Green energy that they were putting basically no money in the context of what they would need into actually keeping things safe. Hawaiian Electric focused obsessively on renewable energy while only spending $245,000 on wildfire safety. Now, that may seem like a lot of money to some people, but the idea is that in a year cycle, what it takes to continue to upkeep the power lines, to clean the... Like PG&E knows well. They got blamed for it, too, in California. Oh, we didn't do our jobs, except they benefited from all of that. They made money. They're charging more, even if they got a slap on the wrist. So what's interesting to me is that Hawaiian Electric should be held accountable the same, right? Other than just stating they're the problem, there should be criminal accountability, right? But no, because they're doing what they're supposed to. They're aiming in the direction of green energy at every expense, at every cost, because we're all going to die tomorrow, right? So this is why, in my opinion, Hawaiian Electric is not planning to go away as many I, my one of my thoughts was well they're going to use this to get rid of it and go green energy entirely well guess what it seems like electric hawaiian or hawaiian electric is towing the line they're all about it let's rehab let's let's change everything they're saying they're not seeking to restructure but seeking advice to endure as a strong utility company and their stocks up 20 percent. how do you make sense of that their stocks up 20 percent after they just caused a disaster yeah, you know what that means to me? Well, the smart people, or rather the in-the-know people, not the same as smart in the stock market, are well aware that something else is happening, that this company is now going to be the basis for the green direction of the state. 
Now, we should also be willing to ask whether that might have leaned into why this happened. Uh-oh, conspiracy theory, never allowed to ask the real possible questions like whether this was engineered to cause this problem so they could justify the next step or whether Hawaiian Electric just didn't care whether it caused problems. Like, that's actually where I meant to go with this. Put aside the other conspiracy possibilities, which are very real. The fact that this might have been something that was engineered. Put that aside for a minute. Even though it's possible, focus on the fact that you can prove right here that they made a choice to not upkeep what even like the average person right now is thinking, OK, the winds, the the possible arson, you know, whether that's you know, whatever reasoning or the power lines, which we can prove. I showed you myself two examples of the power lines falling in the wind, but then two examples of the fire actually starting on the day of the fires. So you can't pretend like that's not part of it. Is that because Hawaiian Electric only focused on other things and didn't focus on the safety that would have stopped that from happening? Yes. Entirely? I don't know. But yes, beyond doubt, that's part of it. And yet they're benefiting now. Their stock is up 20%. That tells me something very specific. It's my opinion, but my gut tells me that's because they did what they were supposed to. They didn't care about the safety. They went in the direction of green energy. And then, hey, oops, in the meantime, we burned down the problem anyway and move forward in the same direction. 20% increase. That is alarming to me. And then, of course, we also realize in conjunction with this point about choosing, choosing to keep the water off when they needed it, right? With Hawaiian Electric choosing to not keep it safe so this is possible, then we also have the reality that they're on the record now admitting what we already told you, that they chose. Not because of what the, actually what many people argued. Well, electric was out and everything. No, they chose not to use the emergency system. Really. And they're now backing that. Now, long story short, I'll show you in a second. He's now resigned because of what his statement. So showing you that it's not, this guy is meant to be the scapegoat, in my opinion. Resigning? What does that mean? How many times have I said this? Okay, so next time I break the law, can I just quit my job and everything's okay? No, that doesn't work for normal people. If you're potentially responsible for what just happened, you don't just get to walk away and quit your job and pretend like that's enough. You should be held accountable for those actions like anybody else would. Here's the video itself. Now, this, this is just included because this is basically saying that the guy who scolded him was Hawaii, Hawaii Governor Josh Green, and it wasn't. That's Josh Green. So just, you know, be careful who you listen to. People are misinforming by accident or otherwise all the time on social media. I make mistakes too, by the way. But here's what the video is first so you can hear what they're saying. Do you regret not sounding the sirens? I, I do not. And the reason why... And So many people said they could have been saved if they had time to escape. Had a siren gone off, they wouldn't have known that there was a crisis emerging. And as we know, so many bodies were found in the ground... As do you want him, do you want him to give you the answer, or do, do you want to? Well, then let him finish. The, let him finish his I'm answer. Sorry, there's a lot of people. Well, you're talking, and you're not letting him talk. If you want to talk, come up here. I'm ready for the answer. Oh, now you're going to get hostile people trying to pull. Yeah, so that that is more telling than anything. That response means they're they, I, they feel pressure, right? I mean, what you're dealing with right now is the acknowledgement that you chose to do something that did not warn people. And when he's asking that point blank, you come up and you, and you strong arm him. Oh, you want to get up here? Like, that's ridiculous, guys. That's a coward, as far as I'm concerned. Coward. Answer. Then wait. Then wait. The sirens, as I had mentioned earlier, is used primarily for tsunamis. And that's the reason why many of them are found, almost all of them are found, on the coastline. 
Right. It didn't, that doesn't mean anything. The point is that had they been gone off, people would have at the very least possibly looked out. That's what I was saying the other day. That typically, even though they get ignored because there's so many, they, they use them all the time, just practice, they test them almost at least once a month. That people will, you know, is, it, is the weather bad? Oh, no, it looks sunny. So no big deal. Right. Because you're not going to have a tsunami if, I mean, not most likely if it's not very, the weather's not bad. So had it gone off, most people would have at the very least been like, look outside. Oh, look, there's smoke everywhere. Yeah, maybe I should run. Some people died in their homes. Some people had, the point is, don't forget, as Grace pointed out, that they canceled school that day. Why? What happened? What was the issue? Oh, the hurricane winds? Well, that happens quite often. Maybe not that strong, but all the children were in their homes. Some of them died in their homes because the parents weren't there. It's horrifying. Why would you choose to do that? Here's another video from the same thing. Defending not turning it on. Not by accident, not because they couldn't, but choosing not to sound the alarm. Why? Because it's related with tsunamis? Like, that doesn't hold water, guys. That is not an answer. That's a sidestep. Why weren't the emergency sirens activated when the Maui wildfires first broke out? It's a question many on the Hawaiian island have been asking, and today they got their answer. Do you regret not sounding the sirens? I, I do not. And the reason why... In their latest update, Maui officials are defending their choice to leave the state's emergency warning siren system silent as deadly wildfires tore across the island, destroying homes and taking lives. Had we sounded the siren, that we're afraid that people would have gone Malka. And if that was the case, then they would have gone into the fire. So the point is, what he's saying is, to make it clear, is go inland. Now, that's not an unfair answer. Right. Like that's this is the only thing that sounds logic to me. But see, the point is, as he already made clear in previous discussions, that most people ignore them and most people look out. Like the point is, you're not going to look outside and see a sunny day and or smoke, for that matter, and run up the mountain. Like he's trying to pretend like people are that stupid. Now, maybe somebody, but by and large, that would have saved lives. And everybody knows that. Now, I'm not trying to pretend that I know this was some kind of premeditated act. I don't know that. At the very least. It's wild incompetence, and these people should be accountable for that. And then we should be able to ask, was there something else? But let's not skip the crime for the bigger picture. Make sure we hold them accountable now before we look for the bigger conspiracy that might be there. Right? We, it happens too much today. But my God, that's a crazy thing to say. And so that is the reason why our protocol has been to use WEA and EAS. Hawaii's outdoor siren system is one of the largest in the world. Yeah, but see, even though what he referenced, there were no alarms. Nothing. Primarily used to signal an impending tsunami. Officials say if the alarms went off, it would have made the situation worse. As the public <laughs> My is God. to seek higher ground in the event that the siren is sounded. Yeah, but see, the problem was the alarms could have gone off before it was nighttime. That's the kind of what they're trying to play there. Because they knew about this. Okay, if the cop is going, I'm ordered to keep them here. That was broad daylight. They couldn't have sung the sirens then. People would have looked outside and seen the smoke. That's what would have happened. I, I mean, I don't know how else to see this, guys. There's something being covered up here. There's some kind of a lie, and it could just be because they feel like they're going to go to jail. That could be just it or something more. We're performing a comprehensive review to find out what the safest and most effective uh, science-based way it is to protect people. There are a lot of different... Did you hear what he just said? ...science-based way it is comprehensive review to find out what the safest and most effective uh, science-based way it is to protect people. Oh, oh, so now they're doing some research, guys. Good. We're going to research what the science, what's the most scientific way to keep people safe. 
2023, huh? You just woke up today and go, you know, let's, let's find out what's the smartest. No, this is the same kind of thing they always do. We failed or did this on purpose. And now we're going to go, but no, but we, we realized that we have shortcomings. So we need more money and we need to research more. That's ridiculous. What, what, what are you going to do a study on, on how, how you, you're telling me you haven't thought about that. <laughs> you haven't can done any research about whether we're like that. Like what if fire never happened before? There's never been some kind of a disaster. They've obviously researched this stuff. They obviously already know what works best. He literally just told you that's why they didn't even use this because they argued it would be on against protocol. And, but no, we're, now we're going to find a science-based practice. This guy's just tapping into the mantra of the day. And this is insulting. It really is. And this is the same guy already telling you they want to take the land for the state. There are a lot of different um, geographies across our country. Some use sirens, some don't. Hawaii's Governor General Josh Green says he's... I mean, again, I just can't get past this. So, you're, so you, have a, you have the biggest alarm system in the world, some say. 40 things, sirens all around the island. And you haven't... Now you're going to go, let's stand back and just evaluate whether this is even the right choice. Yeah, that's either the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life or I like the idea that they're going to build all of that and then go, is this the wrong thing to do? Did we study? We should let's, let's find a scientific way. I mean, they this they are playing you like fools. If you buy what they're saying, they, they think you're the stupidest person alive. Has ordered the state attorney general to conduct a comprehensive review of the response which would include bringing in outside investigators. Oh, good. Green says the review is not... Let's bring in some federal investigators to justify how we need to revamp the entire system of the island to make sure we can then do it in a scientifically safe way, which, of course, will include green energy and, and sustainable goals. The only way to make sure it's scientifically safe and proven, safe and effective. Criminal investigation. By the way, he literally said safe and effective in regard to disaster and, and alarms. In any way. Meantime, a highway into Maui's resort town of Lahaina has reopened, giving access to residents and first responders for the first time since the wildfires began. Yeah, a good old week later, we're going to let people go back to their homes after God knows what else has been going on. Well, Maui's emergency services chief has now resigned because of what he said. What does that tell you? Either that was the plan to begin with and he's the scapegoat or the argument they gave for why it was totally reasonable. And we all agree was ridiculous and wrong. And nobody thinks it's right, which is the point. Maybe it's both of those things, but the reality is nobody, everyone's like, what the F did you just say? Like, that's ridiculous. That's because all those people are going, I wouldn't have just run up the mountain like an idiot, but he's trying to tell you that. That's why you resign. I think it was probably the way to go in the first place. Now, here's the other part of it. As he says, Jason Bassler from uh, the Free Thought Project, this is what you get with government. The recently resigned head of Maui's emergency management agency, Herman Adai who made a decision to not sound the emergency sirens, is basically his only job, beat out 40 other applicants with his liberal arts degree and was never qualified for the role. Here's the article itself. Maui's emergency operations chief in over his head, but he beat out 40 other people for the job. But guess what? He's not even an expert in emergency management. This is what it looks like to use things other than skill and background when, when hiring people. Oh, good. He's black. Let's hire him. Oh, good. He's an Asian. Let's hire him. He's a woman. Oh, he's trans. Make sure he gets that position. Are they best for the job? Who cares? Because woke politics, right? No, the guy doesn't even have an, he's not even an expert in the field. He beat out 40 other people and he's not even an expert in the field. And then goes, let's not sound the alarm because, because emergency management, that's either design or, I mean, 
either designed because it's a plan that they made or designed by putting somebody that stupid in the position so that they then can blame it on him. You take it for yourself, guys. That is crazy. Now, we again, this is from uh, the 14th. CNN's already reporting this. Returning Lahaina residents are struggling with a housing crisis. Are they? That's a really gross way to frame that. Yeah, they're struggling with housing issues because their houses burned down. But you know what they're arguing for in here? Housing projects. Let's build a bunch of houses. Let's let the state build it all back up again and reimagine the whole system. They can't even wait until the bodies are found to start pushing their agenda because that's what CNN kind of places are like. Here's another interesting part about this. I want to caution people about this. And then we're going to jump over into the other part about climate change before we get on to whatever's next. <laughs> so th I, this is a video. Maui fires eviction notices during the crisis. Now, from what I can tell, there's, I'm not, I'm not going to really play any of these, I don't think, unless I, did I save one? I don't think I did. Yeah. So here, here, this is a video. Now, the only video that I can see that has any evidence, and this is only a video, and you can't verify the document because it's just in a video behind somebody on TikTok. I can't stand TikTok today. So she basically shows this, and, and it appears to be, and I, 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 as far as I can tell, this did happen. So you, what you have is a, a rental location where people are renting, like apartment buildings, right? Somebody who owns the property apparently gave an eviction notice to everybody that lived there because, like, you know, whatever, because and it apparently it didn't burn down, but there's damages. And they basically said, we're evicting everybody because we're going to sell this property, which makes sense with what's going on today. People are coming in, the vultures are coming in to buy everything, not just what was burned, because that's always been the plan. And he literally gives them 45 days to get out after all this happened. Now, it's important to hear this not as everyone on Twitter is reporting it, which you can look for yourselves. Some people just wholesale lying about this, saying the governor is evicting everybody. The mayor of Maui is evicting people. That's not what's happening. Everybody, I mean, again, I'm, people have a right to lie. That's free speech. I just think it's hilarious that Twitter is censoring people for things that are true while allowing the things that aren't. It's hilarious. But they shouldn't censor anybody. But this, what the point is, and you listen to the video yourself. She's making it very clear. It was a person of rental and the, the owner of the property decided to sell it, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So that's this video. And this is just this person who's, who is talking about this video. So, and, oh, and then goes into uh, some, one of these posts somebody made about it, where, of course, all the other posts are keeping this part out of it because it's not as, it's not as clickbaity when you leave out the fact that the person who did it takes it back and says, I'm sorry, and never mind. The landlord decides to say, never mind, I'm I, 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 I pulling back the eviction notice, and now you can stay there. Be, probably because everybody was like, are you disgusting? Are you serious? And so either way, as, long, as far as the story goes, and this is the same video everyone's pointing to, it turns out he pulled it back anyway. It doesn't change the fact that it's disgusting, that people are still trying to evict people while this is happening. But it's not somebody who owns property that is being pushed out by the government. That's, that, that's the, what people are sensitive to, right? Okay. So here... Again, <laughs> I mean, this is hilarious. The way the internet works today, the way that TikTok is worse than ever, is you get these people that put their face over somebody else's video, but it's getting even crazier. Now you're getting people that put their face over somebody else's face over somebody else's video, and then even further than that, you got like three extended versions of TikTok. <laughs> it just gets nowhere in these things is there actual provable information. Okay, all that said, what it turns out is that the, that's the story, that this was an eviction notice for a location of rentals. And I, I think it might have been more than one, but I can only find the one example that people are citing back to. And the guy went back on it. But what you're finding is the lies that Maui's evicting people. They're going after people's property they own. I don't see any of that being true, but research it. I could be wrong. 
But here's it's just I just wanted to point how funny this is. This guy is one of the ones that have gotten pretty popular. And all he's doing is showing this person's video. See, you can see her. That's the woman I was just showing you. And you can see her head popping in and out. See? So, so he's looking at her video, right? And he goes through a couple of them. And, you know, he, he shows a couple as well, other posts and so on. All of which is basically just that one video and then his thoughts on it. Going, everyone's being evicted. And that's not even what she said. And he left out the second part of the video, which shows that they took it back. You clickbait, you can decide for yourself. But then you just got this woman that just, I guess, puts her face on it, and she just sits there rolling her eyes the whole time? Why? Because TikTok. <laughs> it's just it's so stupid. But it gets even worse. Then you got people that put their face over other people's videos. Oh, actually, that was, I had it backwards. Anyway, the point is, he does a TikTok video over another girl's TikTok video, right there. <laughs> so he's got his face over hers. And then my point was, then I had it backwards. And then you got a woman who puts her face over his face over her face. <laughs> I just, I just can't not laugh at how dumb this is. And none of this is being proven. Everyone's going, hey, TikTok said. We got to be better than this, guys. We got to be. I know, you know, I'm again, speaking to the choir. I, you guys understand that. But it's just, and TikTok and, and Twitter and the rest of these, I mean, this is what they're made for, guys. They are driving people to assumption and pettiness and division. Now, all that said, watch it for yourself. It, it appears there was an action, but like I said, I already explained it. So it's being wildly overblown, but let's not jump the gun because I don't think this is over, guys. I genuinely believe there's going to be more land grabs. There's already been some that have happened. People are already being called, being pressured. And by the way, this is not a new topic. Long before these fires, this has been happening. They've been pressured. They've been attacked. They've been threatened. So just make sure you understand that. Now, the climate change overlap... It's just so embarrassingly stupid. And you've got these people. This guy with 41,000 followers saying entire cities are being wiped off the face of this planet due to climate change related events. Last week, it was Lahaina. Today, it's Yellowknife in Canada, the capital of the Northwest Territory. Okay, interesting. Well, I did just the smallest. And I mean, <laughs> like the first thing that popped up was, oh, turns out that's arson. How interesting. August 16th, verbatim says, it was highlighted, hold on. Uh, the cause of the fire has been determined to be arson. <laughs> I guess this guy can't read past the first line, but he's an intelligent journalist, right? He's going to inform you. Okay, here's another example. The police in that area are right now investigating even more calls of arson. So they already deemed it arson, but now they're investigating even more examples of the Yeah, you know why? Because this is happening repeatedly, where people are setting fires in multiple locations at the same time. They start at the same time, and then people like this infant-minded person will come out and say, climate change! Look, you can argue climate change might be doing something like that. That's your prerogative. But you can't do that when it's already been proven to be something else. Now, you can even argue they're lying about that, but then you should at least include that in your conversation. Well, they're lying about it being arson, but we can prove otherwise. Can you, though? No, they can't, because as far as I can tell, these are arson. As I said, are you willfully lying to people, or are you just incapable of doing due diligence? The fires in this exact areas you're showing have been found to be arson, as with so many fires that you lot claim due to climate change with nothing but your feelings. And this person then says, do you not understand that the stronger winds and drier conditions created by climate change help the fires spread more easily and make them more difficult to put out? I just, 
I just can't. So what I said is, so your point is that even if the fires were started by people deliberately, which they were, that climate change made it worse, which is completely your opinion. Therefore, this is due to climate change. Well, that is some next level willful ignorance. Wow. That's who we're fighting with. Well, again, Daniel's Danielle Smith says that 500 out of the 650 Alberta wildfires, different location, were started by humans. I mean, every story, guys, almost every story you look into. Let's not forget Lahaina. These fires started at the same time in like four different locations. It's kind of caught the hallmarks of every other example we've seen. I, it's just kind of hard to wrap your mind around that this can still be happening and it be this blatant. Well, here's an important post. Climate change will continue to strike attractive locations that the state wishes to purchase at a discount, warned scientists. Well, if you jumped out of your seat, it's the World Economist, <laughs> Economist Forum. Am I saying that incorrectly? Economist? It's not the World Economic Forum, let's put it that way. <laughs> but the point is, this is that parody account that seems to trick people constantly, which I think is hilarious. Because if you just glance at it, it's hard to see it. Blue check and all, right? But this is a parody account. But a lot of people down here didn't realize that. But I think it's hilarious. Climate change will continue to strike attractive locations that the state wishes to purchase. Warren scientist. It's hilarious. Far too real, in fact. But Michael Schellenberger also points out that the media say climate change caused the Hawaii devastating fire. They really are saying that, by the way. But it didn't. The main causes, and this is his opinion, which I agree are at least some of these causes, if not entirely, were under investment in fire pre prevention, which is true. And the refusal by the state to release water to firefighters, which is also true. And those decisions were driven by unhinged climatism and wokeism, which is also true. But let's not forget the down power lines, which I guess includes the same point, but also the winds and everything else included, well, as well as possible arson. We should not ignore this. But I, it's important that we don't miss this point because that's also there, right? This, this aggressive dedication to something that they argue is necessary because they think we're all going to die tomorrow, you know, facetiously, very soon, if we don't act now, possibly even too late that it drives them to do things like this. Literally rationalizing burning an entire village down if you think that's what's happened, because then that will drive people to realize climate change is real and save the planet. If you think people aren't thinking like that, you are lying to yourself. It's terrifying. Dennis De, De Bern, uh, Bernati says the, the big lie that climate propagandists don't want you to talk about. It says a, a field of tree stumps. Oh, wait. I, oh, that wasn't even the point. It's like, what did I put it in there? <laughs> this was the point. Thank you to the Lone Star Wizard for including this. I just saw this. Somebody popped up. I, I can't believe this, actually. This is real. And I want to just give Lone Star Wizard a shout out. Not familiar with his work because this is where I saw it. Forests in North Carolina are being chopped down, ground into shavings, and shipped across the ocean to Germany. In Europe in general, where they're being burned for green energy. Burning forests to save the planet. Wrap your mind around that. Because, guys, this is very real. This is the, the National Geographic. This is from 2021. It's not even new. Here's what it says. Europe burns a controversial renewable energy source. Trees from the United States. All of this, if you read the articles about climate change. So you're literally telling us that carbon's a problem. So we're going to cut down things that, I, you know, for lack of a better word, eat carbon, photosynthesis, and then give oxygen. Like the one thing that we could point out, oh, that's helping even within your broken narrative, which I don't agree with. So you cut those things down. You then pay to ship them somewhere else, which then creates all sorts of carbon, however they're traveling there. Then you burn them, which obviously creates carbon. 
and that's green energy. I mean, guys, I'm not, this is not like you could, somebody could try to make an argument about things like windmills. And even though I can prove that they don't fully understand that they're not renewable, there's some argument to be made, even as long as it's not forced. And if we better the technology, but this is absolutely lunacy. This is stupid. You are, I mean, you are provably creating more carbon than you can stop burning those things to stop fossil fuels. Like I, I would be willing to bet you're some kind of model probably Neil, Neil Ferguson, even though I'm kidding, that they argue, if we keep doing this, that we can tip the scale and we'll, yes, we're creating carbon, but by, by removing fossil fuels, that eventually it will be the, okay, well, what, if everyone in the world simultaneously does the same thing all at the same time, which is never going to happen? Like, this is just childishly naive. If not, in fact, burning it to the ground on purpose, however you want to see this. And guess what? It's still happening. Here's 2022. Europe is sacrificing its ancient forests for energy. So I guess the ones that the U.S. were shipping just weren't cutting it. We need to burn all of it. We need to chop it all down, including ancient sacred forests, so we could burn it, putting carbon in the atmosphere to stop carbon being put in the atmosphere. Cool. You guys are so smart. I'm just baffled. Well, guess what? January 2023. North Carolina trees, literally what he said, it's exactly what he was talking about, are feeding Europe's, quote, clean energy revolution. If you want an example anywhere that will show people that the green energy revolution that's happening now is an illusion that I don't know what else this there, there's nothing better. I just can't wrap my mind. Nobody intelligent at all can think this makes sense. I'm just blown away by this guys. Here is one that is from oh, I had it out of order. Just another one saying the green energy in quotes again that might be ruining the planet. So even in 2021, see, this is what I talk about when they give you the, um, the lip service. Okay, so they come out and go, oh no, the fake green energy might be ruining the planet and then just go forward for two more years. <laughs> Great job, guys. This is about pretending they care, which shows you that somewhere they know that this is not working. Unbelievable. Well, if we want to talk about lies and completely rewriting history and lying about the direction, kind of in reverse the point, Let's make sure we don't miss this. Let's go into foreign policy. And I want to make sure you guys don't miss what Robert just put out. More coming up today, mind you, but this is absolutely crazy. And something most of you already know, but this is something that is verifiable. Just the only reason it's becoming more open, the Overton window has been completely shattered on the conversation of Israel and the Zionist government and what they're doing to people. Because this kind of thing, I mean, I, this is... People would push back, and they're still pushing back. But the point is that people are realizing, yes, there was a Palestine. No, they're not all terrorists. Yes, they lie about all this stuff. Yes, they're an apartheid state. Yes, they are actively acting with supremacist mindset, specifically for Jewish people. And they're openly saying that on the record, but we say that we're racist. It's unbelievable. Netanyahu himself says this is the state for the Jews alone. What more do you need to see? It's not because you want to frame me as hating Jewish people. I don't. I'm pointing out the Israeli government that is using Judaism to achieve their goals, as I'll show you in a second, even Orthodox Jews will tell you. People are more receptive to this reality today, is my point, that they weren't before. But he wrote this article, Zionist agents drove mass Jewish exodus, mass Jewish exodus from Arab countries, according to this Israeli historian, Avi Shalom. His interview with Middle East Eye was entitled The Lost History of Arab Jews. Now, make sure you read this article. I'm just going to play you a couple of these videos. 
But the reality is you've been lied to about damn near everything that started the illegal state of Israel after the mandate from Britain was given and they basically just displaced all these Palestinians. What they needed to justify that was the illusion that Jews were being persecuted everywhere else. Now, he'll tell you the same. He's not. No one's arguing that Jews weren't being persecuted in some way. There were a lot of people being persecuted in some way. That's not it doesn't make it OK. It's just the reality of history. The point, though, is that this was abused, that you have Mossad agents, according to this person, I'll play it for you, who were bombing Jews in Iraq to create the narrative that they were being persecuted and drive them into the situation that they wanted to use to be able to create the state of Israel. And all of that, or rather to, to be able to justify the creation of the state of Israel. And the point is that the, what started all of this, all of the division and all of the issues was the state of Israel being created, as he'll tell you himself before that. They lived in peace in Palestine, in Palestine and, and in Iraq and everywhere else for the most part. I mean, again, obviously there's always going to be problems, but what we're told is a lie. Make sure you read this. It's an important article. So here's the first clip. Zionism is racism. Israel cannot be both. Israel is either a racist Jewish state or it's a democratic state for everybody. And that's what I would like Israel to be. I'd like a democratic solution, one state with equal rights for um, uh, all its inhabitants. Uh, your organization, Human Rights Watch, issued a report last year uh, about Israel, mm -hmm. and the conclusion was it is an apartheid state. And, and there are four major human rights groups in the last two years mm -hmm. who issued similar reports reached the same conclusion. Israel is an apartheid state. So apartheid is racism. Apartheid is discrimination. But Israel is the only member of the United Nations that I know which is officially racist. And I say this because of the uh, July 2018 nation state law, which says the Jews have a unique, unique right to self-determination mm -hmm. in Israel. Unique means exclusive. Yes. It means Arabs have no right to self-determination. Mm -hmm. It means even if Arabs became a majority, mm -hmm. they would still have no right to self-determination. Mm. So but most certainly Zionism is a, um, is a racist ideology mm -hmm. and it is largely responsible for the Anakba that has unfolded throughout the last century and continues today. The, the Nakba being the displacement of hundreds of thousands of Palestinians and, and, and Arabs and, and just because they weren't, because they were in territory that was desired by the Zionists. If, this is history, right? He is an Israeli Jewish historian telling you that. Of course, they'll probably call him anti-Semitic anyway. But here's the state, the rule, the law that I've always pointed out that it's amazing. You can state this to people that don't want to hear it and they'll still call it fake. This is from Haaretz. Israel is the nation state of the Jews alone. That's Netanyahu, in fact, responding to a TV star who was trying to defend it by saying, no, 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 Arabs are completely equal. He literally stood up and said, you're wrong. It's for the Jews alone. That's exactly what the historian's pointing out. How do we miss this? How did people ever miss this? Because the U.S. government lied and gaslit everybody, but now we're seeing through it. He also mentions the apartheid state. Look, every single leading human rights group is telling you it's an apartheid state. Israel's apartheid against Palestinians. Amnesty International. 
Here's Human Rights Watch. A threshold crossed. Israel, Israeli authorities and the crimes of apartheid and persecution. That's 2021. Here's Beth Selim. A regime of Jewish supremacy from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. This is apartheid. 2021. Yet nobody talks about that because it's racist. It's just absolutely mind-blowing. Now, this was the one I just played for you, and I'll include these for you to watch. Here's another one. This is in the history of Jews in the Middle East. have lived in Iraq uh, since the 6th century BC, two and a half millennia ago, since the time of the Babylonian exile. But the creation of the State of Israel, for the first time, gave a territorial dimension to Zionism, which it didn't have before. Iraqi Jews, whether they liked it or not, were identified with the Zionist movement. And the great majority were non-Zionists. And that's a point that Robert points out in the article, which please make sure you read. That of course there was persecution, but and there, before this as well, but also that became a problem because of the reality that was people were aware of, especially Arab nations at that point, of what Zionism actually was. So that, then it was a byproduct, even then, of the Zionist mentality that people then took out on other Jewish people that had nothing to do with that. Same thing's happening today. It's just, it's, we need to understand the reality. So we pay attention. This person is right. It's verifiable. Um, Iraq was their homeland. They wanted to stay in Iraq. But after Israel was created, the Jews throughout the Middle East were identified with Israel, with the enemy. The Jews have lived... And this one, the next one, is the full interview. So please make sure you watch this too. It's a great interview. It's very powerful. But starting at 1037, he talks about something very important. So, building in the making of our modern Iraq, they contributed at every level, the economic, the financial, the political, the literary, journalism, uh, the Jews were a very positive uh, force in uh, Iraqi society. So looking back, I don't see any problem about describing all these uh, Iraqi Jews as Arab Jews. Mm. And you describe a turning point that happened in the years after the creation of the State of Israel in 1948 that ultimately led to your family's displacement and the displacement of over 100,000 um, Jews from Iraq and um, many others from other Arab countries. What happened in that period of time that changed this landscape that you described of coexistence into something that became... Uh, uh, kind of a threat to the, the Jews that were living in these countries? What changed was the creation of, state, of the State of Israel in 1948. Uh, Israel was a Jewish state. Um, uh, the Jews have lived in Iraq uh, since the 6th century B.C., two and a half millennia ago, since the time of the Babylonian um, uh, exile. But the creation of the State of Israel, for the first time, gave a territorial dimension to Zionism, which it didn't have before. Uh, that's the big change, because um, 
it was now possible to identify Iraqi Jews as the other. And also, uh, Iraqi Jews, whether they liked it or not, were identified with the Zionist movement. And the great majority were non-Zionist. Um, Iraq was their homeland. They wanted to stay in Iraq. But after Israel was created, um, the, um, the Jews throughout the Middle East were identified with Israel, with the enemy. And uh, 1948 was the first Arab-Israeli war. Uh, the Iraqi army fought in Palestine. Uh, at the end of the war, after the guns fell silent, all the neighboring Arab states, uh, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, and Egypt, signed armistice agreements with Israel. But the Iraqi army retreated, and the Iraqi government refused to sign uh, an armistice agreement with Israel, government of the Jews. Uh, this is very important because the government used the Jews as a scapegoat, a scapegoat for the Arab defeat in Palestine, and a scapegoat for the failure of its own internal policies. So it was very convenient to pick a, a to pick on the Jews and say, you know, they are, they are to blame. Um, and uh, it wasn't just rhetorical. The government pursued uh, official policies of discrimination. Uh, Jews were fired from the government service. Uh, restrictions were placed on the activities of Jewish traders and Jewish bankers. And a quota was imposed on uh, the number of Jews who could go to university. And I think that's the main reason for um, the ex Jewish exodus from Iraq. We're convinced that he's interested in the question of the bombs, because in Israel uh, there were persistent rumors that Israel had a hand in, um, uh, in, in the bombings. Uh, and Iraqi Jews were convinced that Israel had a hand in uprooting them, and uh, they were very resentful of that. Uh, and I wanted to know whether this is true or not. And when I grew up and I was a historian, uh, I investigated this question, and I didn't want to just repeat conspiracy theories. I wanted to get to the bottom of the matter. I love that he calls the conspiracy theories the main story of, of Israel. <laughs> like the idea that the point is what he's going to tell you is that the, 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 the story being that Israel had a hand in bombing the Jews in Iraq and justify what happened. The story that they were persecuted by other people, by Arabs, that they needed the state of Israel was the conspiracy theory he's referencing. His research proved that Mossad agents were involved in three out of the five bombs. And eventually I did, in the course of writing this memoir, I met an elderly friend of my mother's, uh, an Iraqi Jew called Yaakov Karkukli, who had been in the Zionist underground. And he told me a lot about their activities, what they were up to, what they were doing, forging documents, forging passports, forging, um, uh, paying bribes to officials to... Um, facilitate the movement of uh, Jews from Iraq uh, 
to Israel. And he also told me that one member of his group was called Yosef Basri, a very, very intelligent uh, Jewish lawyer, age 28, who was um, an ardent Zionist. Uh, and uh, Karkukli, sorry, um, Basri uh, and his assistant, Shalom Saleh Shalom, were responsible for three out of the five bombs. Uh, the one bomb was against uh, uh, a bomb exploded in a Jewish cafe, Al-Beida. And I know from an Iraqi source that the person, the perpetrator, was a young activist in the Istiklal Party. And this was part of the Istiklal Party's policy of frightening the Jews, accelerating the exodus. Uh, uh, another bomb. See right there. You don't have to just. You don't have to have this completely contradict the idea that that Jews were being persecuted. Yeah, however, that means to you. The point is that you also can't deny this part of the story. So whether it was all created because of this, or whether it was just them driving that further to make their point. The point is that the very people that are acting as the being persecuted were the ones bombing other Jews to justify what they wanted to happen. And this is the bigger point about why we understand today that Zionism is be, is using Judaism like it always was. I'll show you a clip next from Orthodox Jews telling you that. It's, this is the problem. The most famous bomb was a hand grenade that exploded in the Masoud Hashem Top synagogue. And there, four Jews were killed. In all the others, there was damage to property and some injuries, but no one was killed. Here, there are four fatalities. So this is a famous bomb. And again, uh, Kalkukli told me th that Basri was not responsible for that one, but he was responsible for three, the three other bombs. And he told me something else, that um, uh, Basri's controller was an Israeli intelligence officer named Max Bennett, who was based uh -huh. in Tehran. Max Bennett. We've talked about them in particular, but also the idea that he's based in Tehran, which is one of the, the reasonings why they always want these places to be under their control, right? But the bottom line is what he's making clear to you is that it was an Israeli Mossad handler that was the, the guy, the very person that was involved with all of these. Like it all traces right back. And I mean, that, it, just, it, it extends the same point. I'm going to leave it there just for time. But make sure you watch that, but make sure you also read Robert's article because he puts a lot of other points involved with all of this. It's very powerful. It's, I'm just I'm, I'm proud to have Robert on the team because he's been talking about this for a long time. And it's finally breaking through for people that didn't want to hear it otherwise. Now, this is an account that I, one of many that you should flow Torah Judaism. Now, it says before the Zionists invaded Palestine, Jews and Muslims lived there peacefully. Palestine was a safe haven for Jews, like he, just like he said about Iraq. The, the, the historian we just heard from, the Jewish his, Israeli historian, and it says the Zionists have established an occupying and racist state by stealing their Jewish identity. Jews will never accept this Zionist state. Now, this is just them standing there saying Zionism is not Judaism and holding signs of the Palestinians that are being killed by the Israeli state. Just with music playing in the background. Now, I'm recommending you follow this account because every day they're pointing these things out, showing you that Zionism is not Judaism and the same point we keep making. Now, you can say that we're wrong, but you pretty much can't keep calling us racist for pointing out something that other Jews are calling out and have been from the beginning.
also on other points of foreign policy before we bring this into the Azov movement focus. RT reports Ukraine shells Donetsk with cluster munitions again. Actually, again, 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 again. It's been going on for a long time. They're still doing it. You can prove it. Talk to plenty of other people. I mean, do you take your pick of journalists on the ground, like, or at least some points were? Some of them, I don't I think, like, some of them aren't there anymore. But you've got people like Wyatt Reed and Patrick Lancaster and Eva Bartlett and Vanessa Bealey, and every single one of them have, in fact, already had their lives threatened and, in fact, bombed while they were at this hotel. But, you know, or a hotel. But the fact that we can prove with video, personal documentation, with people on the ground, with even borderline and even sometimes corporate news by accident, revealing that Donetsk is, in fact, constantly being bombed. And there's no front line. This is not some military location. They're just bombing civilians. You, know, you can argue Russia's doing it, too. I don't see the evidence. I hear allegations. This would categorize as an allegation. My point is we have evidence. Over and over and over from people on the ground, the videos, are, and you can argue whatever you want about how things could be altered. My point is comparing that to Ukraine says does not go very far, especially since Ukraine keeps getting caught lying. The point is you go ahead and feel Russia's doing it too. Do you not care that Ukraine's doing it? You can't just say they do it. So, so you're going to murder civilians because Russia does like the argument people make to justify this stuff is mind blowing. And then just one quick point about actually should have reversed those one quick point about uh, Pakistan that we just talked about. And I absolutely love this because here's an example of what I would argue is community, community notes working, even though we just showed you how they were towing the line a moment ago. But I'll, I'll explain it in a second. This is what he says. Secretary Blinken says, congratulations to new Pakistan, Pakistanian, Pakistan interim prime minister. You know, the guy they put in place because they removed the other guy. As Pakistan prepares for free and fair elections in accordance with its constitution and free rights to freedom of speech and assembly. Just, you know, he's just such a, these guys are so hollow. Nobody believes him anymore. We will continue to advance our shared commitment to economic prosperity, which probably means great reset directions. The point is they follow up and say, well, as Anthony Blinken encouraged the removal of previously Democratic elected president, and then he was removed <laughs> and arrested. I, I, exactly, that's true. And I love that. That made me laugh out loud because I'm sure they hate that. But my point is this, that's, I mean, this may be a good example of take a win where you can get it, right? Because that's a win, right? But I just can't not point out that this is something that is, again, very easy to prove. It's public information. Like, they've even admitted that they did say that, but we didn't make them do it. Like, it's just such a childish argument. My point, though, is it's not that hard to fact check this because these people lie about whether it's raining outside. Like, they're just dumb things you can prove aren't happening. So this is like, I don't know, it may be in a, a way to make you think that they're on your side. Just, you know, call me a pessimist. Nonetheless, I agree. It made me laugh. I think it's funny that they're being fact-checked, but I don't know. I'm not trusting Twitter right now. Now, this has been the bulk of something I've been trying to get to for a minute. Now, this doesn't need to be lingered on every single point. So I'm going to try to go through this reasonably quickly, but this is something that needs to be addressed. And the bigger point that shouldn't be missed in this is that the Azov movement, rather the CIA's grown fascist entity, is infiltrating all over the place in the United States too. And has been for a long time. The Rise Above movement is that. The Rise Above movement is the international arm of the Azov movement, according to the FBI, according to Newsweek, according to a lot of other people before the narrative just ended on February 2022. That's very easy to prove, and I've done it a thousand times. I'll show you more as we go through this. But this point really kind of stood out to me because right now they're, it's, it's as if they don't 
care that this narrative has collapsed upon itself. The whole point is meant, and you're going to see it plain as day, is meant to kind of go, Russia's kind of responsible for what this is. As they're going right-wing Nazis and white supremacists. And then the problem, though, is that you could tie it all right back to this government. It's also always funny to make a point of how stupid, how in, how ludicrous it is that they're pretending to fight a war on white supremacy while they're funding the most obvious group of white supremacists on the planet. That's just as stupid as ever. But Wyatt Reed points out Russia added $600 billion of total wealth last year. Or you could argue they're lying about that, but I, as far as we could tell, it's pretty clear. Uh, Swiss bank UBS found, according to a arguably an independent in between it all, right? But meanwhile, the U.S., you know, the one that's sanctioning Russia and winning, according to the corporate media, lost more wealth than any other country last year, shedding $5.9 trillion. You know what's interesting? That's almost all, that's very alarmingly, not that it means anything, but what, what did they just burn down in Hawaii of 5.6 billion? Oh, excuse me, trillions, never mind. But 5.9 trillion, that's unbelievable. While North America and Europe combined got 10.9 trillion poorer. If you think that's by accident, I think you're crazy. The point is that Russia is supposed to be being hurt. Aren't they just about to collapse, according to all the children in corporate media? <laughs> they got $600 billion richer. Well, in your country, we're never, we've never lost more money, and more than any other country. Here's what I said. It seems like the sanctions are working. You just didn't realize that it was not Russia being sanctioned. It was always you being sanctioned. Just like I've always told you, now we've got the monetary evidence. Tried to tell you, two-party illusion. That's what's happening, in my opinion. The point, though, is to remember that this is all about, I think, burning it down. The Great Reset, however you want to look at this. And whether you think Russia's involved, this is kind of a separate topic, but it's not. But in the case of just focusing on what the U.S. government is doing, you're shooting yourself in the foot. How can that be by accident? When you're talking about every other action you're taking, blame Putin for prices exploding and everyone's suffering and everything's going wrong, everything's burning down and everything's collapsing. And, but we're winning and Russia's failing. <laughs> it's just, it seems pretty dumb. Well, let, but let's take a look at what they're continuing to fund. Don't forget, they just sent, or wanting to send another $24 billion while they will send less than half of that to, to places in this country that are suffering, like Maui. Or while wholesale ignoring East Palestine, though. Let's not forget that. Wyatt Reed points out, for 18 months, we've been told that Nazis in Ukraine are just a figment of Putin's imagination. So why is their Jewish president posing for photos with this man? Here's what he's had to say. And we've mentioned him by name many times on this show. The historic mission of our nation in this critical movement moment is to lead the white races of the world in a final crusade for their survival. A crusade against the Semite-led uh, you know, I forget exactly what it translates to, but it's the point about this is the opposite. I mean, I want to frame this the right way. Your government is funding these people. They're giving your tax dollars to these people to fight what they claim are the Nazi spreading Russians. That's how simple this is. While these people not only have a Nazi symbol behind them, it does not mean voice of the nation or whatever the thing, the idea of a nation. That's so stupid. It is, And everybody knows that that's honest and will write about it. The historians are saying, obviously, that's a wolf's angel symbol. It's very simple. These are the people leading the Ukrainian military. They're the ones telling you they want to spread the white race around the world. That is what they claim Putin's trying to do. I mean, it doesn't get more clumsy than that. 
Accuse them of that which you are guilty. Just literally fund the people doing it and then go, but my Putin's doing it. Maybe. But the bottom line is these are openly racist, openly fascist, openly neo-Nazi people. Just like they always were. Just like they were saying in the corporate media 30 seconds ago before something changed and they go, oh, fake news. But here he is meeting with that person. Like literally the same guy. Here's a video of them talking. We're planning. Zelensky publishes a video of his visit to Blitzky and the leader of Azov, not neo-Nazis, the Azov movement, said that the Ukrainian nation's mission is to lead the white race of the world. Now realize, that's people are going to say that's not real. It's publicly available. It's very easy to look up. And in fact, again, the corporate media was pointing at that before Russia invaded, and then they forgot about it, apparently. There he is. And don't forget, this is the same Azov movement that laughed at him when he tried to tell them what to do. As Scott Raiders pointed out, very embarrassing. And he said, I'm a grown man. He literally said that. Anybody that has to say I'm a grown man is not a grown man. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Now, here is where it gets into some interesting stuff. Now, this is from the Libertarian Institute. Posted on, where was the date again on this one? Oh, this right. This one, I thought that was so strange when I read this. Oh, no, there it is. Okay. No, this isn't the right one. There was an article in today's show where it just like, didn't have an art. Hey, who does that? He doesn't put a date. August 10th. American neo-Nazi training forces in Maine to fight for Ukraine. Okay, so the main point here is how the, a lot of the corporate media is clutching their pearls and saying, oh no, neo-Nazis, Republicans, which is very clear, they're even saying that in many cases, are in Maine training neo-Nazis. Now, obviously, the Libertarian Institute is going to point out that they're talking about sending them to Ukraine. So right out of the gate, it's not hard to see. So if they're if, if they're simultaneously fear-mongering, which or just warning, because these people are crazy, either agents or actual extremists, either way, they're concerning. That they're pointing at these people and saying, "Oh no, they're super bad," and they want to go to fight with Ukraine, and then not able to connect that with the fact that you're currently funding the group that they want to go fight with. So it either means that they see the Azov movement as what they are, and you can argue they're wrong; they're not. Or they're going to fight over there because they want to influence that. And, they're, and even if they're able to, which they are, which we keep showing you, even the corporate media wrote about how it's the, the far right is, I mean, here, I, nah, I don't want to find it. There's that Newsweek article I point out. But they, they were writing about this in January, right before this started. The far right's being pulled into Ukraine. So it's blatantly, these people are choosing to be ignorant about what they really are. Because narrative, because team or politics. But the main point they get into is this guy named Christopher Polanis. You remember, we've talked about him. A former Marine, prominent neo-Nazi, nicknamed Hammer, is purchased land in Maine to train soldiers in particular to fight for Ukraine. Now, how this all overlaps is really interesting to me. He sees the war against Russia as a unique chance to fight alongside the Azov movement and defend a nearly all-white nation. Very interesting. Now, here's the actual tweet where he says, and first of all, David Beard says, a neo-Nazi is building a compound. Actually, I've got that right here, so let's just close that. A neo-Nazi is building a compound in the whitest state in America. Like, you know, it, it's, it's weird how in corporate media land, it's, it's without, it's, they can't even withhold their scathing. It's bad to be white today. I, I shouldn't shy away from saying that. Why is it bad to be the whitest nation in America? It's because being white is bad. Like, that's, that's very inherent in any conversation. It, and they'll come out and say murder white people or white people are all the terrorists or it's just all this stuff. Whether you think it's factual or not, if you say any of that reverse, you're a bad person. It's just so funny to me how childishly, I, it's like willful ignorance. It really is. To choose to ignore, like saying that black people can't be racist or only white people can be racist. It's just dumb. It, it challenges the very definition of the word. 
But a neo-Nazi is building a compound in Maine, hoping it is fertile ground for recruits to his ideology of hate. Oh, isn't that interesting how they just leave out the Azov movement part of it? <laughs> David Beer did not do that by accident, guys. They are He's Washington Post, AP. They're going, oh, no, Nazis in the U.S., Republican bad guys that are going to fight for the group that you're screaming to fight for. <laughs> that takes a special kind of stupid to not point that out, right? My point is that you can see him tagging that Scott Horton, who you're familiar with from the Libertarian Institute, antiwar.com as well. They, they're going to fight with the Azov Battalion and C-14 on the Eastern Front. Calling out the idiot who wrote this article by ignoring the mainstream journalist, the very proud journalist of the mainstream, didn't point that out. And then the guy who they're fear-mongering about in this article, and rightly so, he seems crazy, he literally responds and goes, yes, actually, <laughs> that guy. I mean, you just can't make this up. This is crazy. That's, that's, the, that's the real account, by the way, which is he has an account. He's saying, yes, we're going to fight with them, which, again, wasn't a secret. You knew that because you're paying attention. But here is the article the guy was pointing out. A neo-Nazi is building a compound in Maine. Let's look at what they have to say. In a fundraising campaign cited by the ADL, again, the ADL that gaslights for the Azov movement, these people are publicly saying they want to fight for Again, the ADL is not an honest organization. Cited by the ADL, Polanis described the main property as a retreat community area we can train on and help families move to. He called the gathering there a beautiful racist family compound. compound. You see, people that are in these movements don't typically refer to themselves as racist. They don't, they, it's just these things to me scream cartoon cutout. What we want you to see them as, like the ridiculous patriot front that goes out and, you know, we, you, you know, blood, like they'll point this out here. There will be blood. It's like, I don't, it just, maybe they're that ridiculous, but the point is they don't, they, they don't be, they're not usually the very ridiculous cartoon that they say that they are. But the chance and with the mark, most people don't want to be seen as this because it looks stupid. Like, I'm not talking about personal opinions. I'm talking about you talk to these groups. As a, a actual a research, see the point is today these real journalists would say we don't talk to them, they're gross, they have bad ideas. So you're not a journalist then. What by asking their opinion is you see my point? Like, and, and I'm not saying all of them. Some of these do ask their talk to them, but the overall point is the way that they kind of act like they're not supposed to. Anyway, it says Carl Hill, Carla Hill, director of the investigative research for the ADL's Center on Extremism, is the one pointing all this out. Vice said the ultimate goal is to create a white ethno state in Maine. Oh, well, interesting. That's what the Azov movement is saying. But I guess you just missed that in your due diligence. Chris was headed that way, following his father's path. Quote, when he started getting into libertarian politics and around the same time he entered the Marines. Of course, because libertarian, dangerous, and Marines, right, Republican, bad. But support foreign policy wars, though, at the same time, because these people are dumb. Nicknamed the Hammer, in the past year, Polanis has been photographed waving swastika flags and chanting Sig Heil at the LGBT protests, like literally right out of a cartoon. Right? Like, okay, so explain, what's the overlap with LGBTQ? So are you racist or are you bigoted or both? It doesn't matter because they're just bad extremists. Well, these people have ideology, right? The idea is not that they're just hate-filled, but they specifically think a certain way against Jewish people or black people. Or You could argue that that would include this. My point is that it's weird that the Patriot Front, the, the, the Blood Tribe is what they're called here, and these other groups that are basically look exactly the same with the different color shading – with their khakis and their mask, and it's like, might as well look like Antifa, which a lot of us are considering aren't probably real. 
Not that there aren't racists included, but they're being led by something that's making them look like that. That they all frame, they all act the same way. They go to LGBTQ protests and they say they say they chant in the same things, or they don't like it. Doesn't add up to what we would perceive this in the past. It adds up to what they want you to think they are, and what they want you to think all Republicans are. So, the fact that Republicans are protesting LGBTQ things in schools suddenly the Nazis go out and go bad LGBTQ, and it does really seems a little bit on the nose, doesn't it? In any case, here is. Armed Ohio neo-Nazis waving swastika flags at drag event. Okay, again, swastika flags? Drag event? Are they are they black drag queens? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, this is a ham-fisted, forced-in narrative, in my opinion. And they look exactly like the Patriot Front with a different color shading. Because, we're, because they think we're that stupid or that simple. Well, here's the ADL pointing out Christopher Polhouse, uh, excuse me, the hammer, former Marine, I, I typically feel a lot of this is more operative-based, but the, in 2023, Polas, excuse me, I'm saying it incorrectly, and Blood Tribe members began participating in the LGBTQ protests. Larger banner reading, there will be blood, so they can go, see, they're trying, the Republicans are, they will not replace us mindset. Very clumsy. Well, here is in 2022, the Vice.com Vice reporting neo-Nazi building white ethno state in Maine, now working with local extremist group. Oh, look at that. Weird how you just can't draw the connection to the Azov movement, even though they're screaming about going to Ukraine. Isn't that interesting? Just, just showing you that there's these pop-ups, but I'll help it and just lose all that. Damn it. So it's not in this article, it's in these ones below it. My point is they don't mention any of it. They don't mention, they just leave out the most obvious point of why they're going to Maine and why they're building those people. Like, I just, we just made it clear. He's literally on Twitter going, yep, that's what we're doing because they're proud of it. They're screaming, we're going to fight with the Azov movement. But yet somehow the ADL, Vice News, Yahoo, Forward just can't figure that out or they're choosing to leave it out. And I'll prove that to you in a minute. Here's what it says, 2022. A neo-Nazi and ex-Marine coordinating an online movement to turn Maine into an all-white ethno-state. Explain to followers how to hypothetically dismantle the food supply chain through sniper attacks on truckers. Again, two on the nose, guys. Why? Does the food supply only affect people of other colors? Only affect trans people? <laughs> no, food supply chains will affect everybody, including the white race they want to spread around the world. So that just seems very clumsy to me and was linked to the January 6th attacker who allegedly stole Nancy Pelosi's staffer's laptop. Right. Now, isn't that the guy that's still supposedly in this prison cell? Now, either way, the point is, what do you mean? And linked to. Yeah, they don't. If you read it, it is ridiculous. It is some. My point is, you can draw, draw direct ties to the Azov movement, to the CIA. They can't figure that out, but they'll say this guy was on the same platform as this guy, and they they like the comment. Oh, they're linked. That's the kind of dumb stuff they do. The point is to argue that there's any other connection to January 6th than the fact that they were seeding this narrative into this discussion, which I'll show you later, is ridiculous in my opinion. As it says down here, though, Polanis, Pol, excuse me, Polhas has often castigated other far-right activists for marching publicly and attending January 6th. Members of the NSC-131 previously bragged about attending the now infamous attack on Congress. So before he says, you're dumb if you go, and then later goes, we were there. Doesn't feel real to me. And posted pictures of a stolen Capitol Hill police riot helmet to their Telegram channel. Or a 
riot helmet on Telegram. Group's founder, Chris Hood, 23, is a former member of the base. Oh, and now we start to see how this all swings together. Okay, do you remember the base? I hope you do, because the base is one of the most ridiculous stories of all of this. In my opinion, and Whitney and I have talked about this, the base is one of the earliest setups that has already kind of fallen apart. There's a many of these we're going to get into today, one of which Whitney was talking about the Russian imperialist mo imperial movement, which was the earliest to fall apart. The rim and ram overlap, which is just, they just aren't, I don't think they can think outside the box these days. But so the guy who they're pointing at, who is the leader of the group they're now telling you is in Maine and growing, leaving out the part of going to the Azov movement, is a former member of the base, a neo-Nazi terrorist organization under a years-long FBI probe. Posted on Telegram the night before January 6th rally under his known alias, the NCS New England is in Washington to ensure white safety. According to Polhas, the FBI contacted him, of course they did, asking if he had attended the event. Maybe they had his number. Here's the point. The base? I, I just If you don't remember this, it is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. N you'll hear this person's name again, and you probably should have already. Ronaldo Nazaro. Meet Ronaldo. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security also confirmed that Nazaro worked with the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, between 2004 and 2006. In 2014, Nazaro reportedly worked with the U.S. forces in the Middle East on counterterrorism measures. So he went from 2004 to 2006 to the Department of Homeland Security and then got promoted and started working in actual deployed locations and in, in, in counterterrorism. So he's a spook, guys. According to the, wet, to the media reports, Nazaro had top secret clearance and was among a group that briefed special forces officers in the Middle East on military targeting and counterterrorism efforts. This, this is on the counter-extremist project, counter-extremism project, a very, very mainstream platform. Nazaro reportedly claimed to have completed multiple tours of duty in Afghanistan and Iraq, but he has since denied ever putting on a uniform. Except the problem is that the government's already claimed that it's real. In 2012, Nazaro married a Russian woman in New York City. And he and his wife moved to St. Petersburg, Russia. After Nazaro posted letters online from the DHS and the Pentagon thanking him for his service, DHS confirmed Nazaro's employment. So this guy is a military U.S. government intelligence apparatus guy. This is a guy who's got top secret clearance who just woke up one day and said, I'm going to marry a Russian woman and move to the capital of Russia because I realized I'm a Nazi. Sure, anything's possible. But let's show a little discernment here. It gets even worse. Here's just the general group, the base, which is what he created after he moved to Russia and became a Nazi. The base, their goal, is to unite the white nationalists for the coming race war that will overthrow the government and reshape society. So the same general stated purpose as the Hammer and their group, or Azov movement and what they're saying. I guess it's just a coincidence, but here's the best part. The name, the base... This is not a joke. The base is the actual English translation of Al-Qaeda. Look it up in any translator. Al-Qaeda, translated to English, is the base. <laughs> you just can't, that's just dumb. That's clumsy. The base heavily draws inspiration from the Autumn Waffen Division, which is also a group directly tied back to the CIA and what's going on here. But we'll say I've gone through that extensively. Think about how dumb that is. 
So first of all, this very, 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 very ridiculously suspicious group of a group that tied directly to the government that has top secret clearance who just woke up one day and said, I'm a Nazi. I'm going to move to St. Petersburg and create a Nazi group that has already kind of fallen apart because of this exact reason. This guy who they're now pointing out in Maine was used to be a group in that or a part of that group. According to this, oh, I said, read that part. He attended the infamous riot. It says recent figures put the number of people charged for the January 6th insurrection at 928. Yeah, a bunch of random people that didn't even realize what was happening, like the grandmas with their phone filming inside. Yeah, they, they arrested them, charged them, opened up an entire domestic terrorism investigation for them. And then we're like, oh, it's just a grandma that didn't do anything wrong after they held them for a long time, including at least 160 people who, like Polanis or Pol, excuse me, Pujolas, had military backgrounds. Yeah. Are we getting into whether those are the FBI agents or the, the military app people that were at the fronts of these groups or all the different people that they were keep? They were all through this event. They've now admitted that. This is 2022, so that this hadn't been on the record yet. So now we can see the reality. Well, here's another article from The Intercept. Russian militia has links to American neo-Nazi and anti-trans figures. The leader of the anti-Putin vol Russian Volunteer Corps is publicly connected to Robert Rundo and Christopher Palhas. Now, okay, Robert Rundo is the leader of Rise Above Movement. That is literally the international American arm of the Azov movement. It's all on the record. Let me see if I can get this pop up real quick. It's from my previously censored account. There you go. Beautiful. Just so you guys can have it if you want to link this back to the facts, the source material. Here's the... Uh, a, a, an article we wrote or show we did with this in it and I have the links to all these below the point is the FBI I'll just read it, verifiable facts US Congress made sure the Azov Battalion the movement, I later realized that's what it's become would get US arms in 2016 they made sure of that now what's important to remember is they later changed that and then continued doing it anyway. So right this moment, their own legislation makes it illegal to send weapons, even if directly, that end up in the hands of the Azov movement, and they do it anyway. Of course, because they just care about the law, right? That's a fact. But so this point was early, though, they, they secretly made sure that they would send it to them, even though people were calling it crying foul. CIA also trained them since 2015, according to the FBI, according to corporate media. FBI verified that the Azov movement is neo-Nazi, is immersed with Ukraine's government, not just a small battalion. The FBI's on the record years ago saying it's completely overtaken everything and that those in Charlottesville are, in fact, the U.S. faction. I just read you the link right here, which is down below. This is a, an expert on the topic. The National Corps Party, described by researchers as neo-Nazi, says the movement has gone international. Germany's neo-Nazi third pound, Azov movement, America's rise above movement, that's the Azov movement, international arm, as well as Italy's Casa Pound. All of these are international versions of the Azov movement created by the CIA. Undeniable. Oh, it was, uh, hold on. This one. This is another article that gets into that specifically if you want to dive any further, so I don't have to go through it all through today. But not just the Azov movement. Documents prove the CIA has been cultivating fascism in Ukraine since at least 1948, before they were even called the CIA. It's all on the record. It's their documents proving that they did this. <laughs> yeah, we still debate this stuff. It's incredible. Back to the point. The guy we're talking about, Christopher Polhas, is connected to this group that is also influencing all the stuff we're talking about. And this is a great article. This is July 8th, 2023. 
An alliance of anti-Putin partisans used Ukrainian territory to launch a stunning incursion into Western Russia. So let's realize as well, you have not neo-Nazi groups working in hand in hand with the Azov movement, the CIA, and literally invading into Russia. Can you imagine what the American the U.S. government would do if that was happening to them? Spearheaded by the Russian Volunteer Corps. That's another group that we're gonna that we should pay attention to. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Well. I'm just going to read parts of this then since I don't want to remember what I highlighted. So the point is, it's frustrating. So the anti-Putin partisans used Ukrainian territory to launch a stunning incursion into Western Russia, spearheaded by the Russian Volunteer Corps, or RVC, and its leader, Denis Kapustin, otherwise known as De Denis Nikita, or Nikitin, I believe. I'll show you in a second. That's people, that, that name gets confused but this is the overlap to what we're going to get into in a second. So remember that person's name. A wanted neo-Nazi, an ex-soccer hooligan, the assault exposed just how vulnerable Russia has had become to attack since its invasion of Ukraine or how they're arguing. For years, Kapustin, Dennis, had maintained public links with two notorious American neo-Nazis. Robert Rundo, the Rise Above Movement, or the, the Azov Movement, the founder of the street-fighting gang Rise Above Movement, and Christopher Polhas, an ex-Marine. So all these groups you tie back to the Azov movement and the CIA. So the point is you have a very clear link to somebody who is literally invading Russia that ties directly back to the CIA. I think it's important. While Kapustin has been a regular fixture for, for years among European extremists, he gained minor popularity among American neo-Nazis when he started co-hosting a podcast with Rundo, a Charlottesville riot defendant, right? That's very clear. And that, that was the point that the miss that the Charlottesville March was the Azov movement. That was the Rise Above movement. The CIA literally created the Charlottesville riot by extension or by direct, by direct or directly. That was the basis for the white supremacist idea for the Republicans. They will not replace us. The replacement theory. All these things tie back to literal funding from the CIA. It's not hard to prove. I've been screaming about this since 2020 or since this all started, even before the invasion. But I, he says, on, mul on multiple episodes show, the two men, mixed martial arts, discussed the benefits of active clubs, which are essentially fascist fighting clubs. But Kapustin, who also goes by his call sign White Rex, or uses the last name Nikitin, has contacts that go further into stateside neo-Nazism. Now, there was other stuff in here, but I don't want to try to find it. It's going to take me too long. If I, if I can't find something going forward, I'll come back to this. But I don't think there was anything else that I need. The point was really just to connect all three of these people, right? So here, first, talking about the Rise Above movement. Because remember, all of this is stemming back to this point, right? At least right now. The idea that the hammer, or, or Polhanas, that name screwed me up today. I've been calling him Pol, uh, Polhas for the longest time. Polhas, or the other way, now I'm, now I'm mixing them up. Anyway, Polhas saying that he's going to fight with the Azov movement. All of this connects back. So here we have him connected directly, even fighting with, even doing podcasts with the Rise Above movement. So here's where I found this. First of all, I just wanted to open this to show you that these things all connect. And guess what I found out? They have already removed the Azov movement on the Wikipedia page from the Rise Above movement. Okay, the founder, Robert Rundo. You can see the Patriot Front, which, by the way, is the same point. Patriot Front ties directly back to these groups. The Patriot Front's previous group, which uh, I'm blanking on the name all of a sudden. It'll say it here, I'm sure. The Va Vanguard America 
which was the Rise Above movement. So it's the same thing, guys. It's an extension of the Rise Above movement, right? They were the ones that the right, Unite the Right rally. That's Rise Above movement. Vanguard America was just they, what is what Rise Above movement in part was called. They just became Rise Above movement after they changed that. It's a, I think it's point about trying to distance themselves from things that we're learning. The point, though, is that Patriot Front makes the same point, more abstract, but they removed Azov movement. It's nowhere in this page. That's crazy. Let me show you why. Here is just going, or this is to 2000, what was this one? 2019, November. So just all the way back in 2019, at the very least, they simply said, this: these accounts had meetings with these neo-Nazi groups, such as the Ukrainian party, Azov Battalion. Why would they delete that? Well, you know why. Because we're tr they're trying to hide it. The fact that they're trying to hide that point, doesn't that tell you everything? Here is December 2021. Okay, well, now they've got it in the side box, Azov Battalion as one of their affiliations, and the same sentence, working with this group. Okay, let's go forward further. March 2023. March 23rd, 2023. Same thing, Robert Rundo, Patriot Front, Azov Battalion. Same sentence. Okay, so the point is, they're making it clear that the Azov movement is in is is the rise above movement is their affiliation. They're connected. Now the truth is, as the FBI made clear and the other expert, that it is it is the rise above movement, or it is the Azov movement. The rise above movement is their international arm. But then you go through from somewhere between March 23rd and March 31st, they scrubbed it. There is no mention of Azov. Now ask yourself why. Haven't they just been defending the Azov movement the entire year and a half? They're not Nazis. You're conspiracy theorists. So then why did you scrub it? Why is it removed? Well, you know why, guys. It's not hard to see. You know why. Because they're trying to hide the connection that's now become too obvious. Well, this, this brings it all together. This is from 2019, the New Republic. Friday night fights with Ukraine's far right. The Azov battalion is using mixed martial arts. Okay, here's what it says. Korotkik. Uh, Keith Keek became commander of the Azov Movement's intelligence service, despite a past that included ties to notorious Russian neo-Nazi organizations, even reportedly running training for them, and everything from hand-to-hand -hand combat to knife fights. He was given Ukrainian citizenship by then-President Petro Poroshenko in 2014. Before the spectacle, Denis Nikitin had been running around checking up on things, even flicking the switches, controlling the lights over the rings to make sure they worked. Okay, so as it says here, this the these are the he's the this, they make this as clear as possible. The group we're talking about here is the Azov movement and the people commanding it in these fights that they were talking about drawing in people from the West. Right? They're telling you it's a notorious Russian neo-Nazi organization. Well, the point is they're now fighting on the Ukrainian side, so the corporate media has no for, no. They have to frame it as anti-Putin Russian neo-Nazis. But you see, the whole point of this was to pretend this was a Russian-seated problem, and you can prove that these people are working on behalf of the Azov movement, right beside the same people that tie back to the funding of the CIA. Dennis Nikitin is the same guy we were just talking about right here. Dennis Kapustin who is fighting alongside the Rise Above movement and the hammer that's work that's building in Maine. You telling me the corporate media can't make these connections? They can't figure this out? Before the spectacle, he was checking everything. He was working with all of them. Nikitin, or Dennis, was a face he recognized right away as would anyone, anyone else who routinely covers the far right, no matter how ordinarily he might have looked in this downtown office work, worker getup. Nikitin 
as Robert Klaus, a German expert on right-wing extremism, put it to me the day of the fights, is one of the leading militant fascists and far-right hooligans in Eastern Europe, tied directly back to the CIA. Nikitin, or Kapustin, as a February 2019 report from German newspaper Der Spiegel claimed was his actual surname, has a long history with the most violent fringes of the European far right. And right now he's fighting on behalf of the Ukrainian neo-Nazi Azov movement. Like, these points can't be missed. If in this point they're the worst dangerous neo-Nazis, how are you pretending that the Azov movement isn't? It's just childishly stupid. A dual Russian German citizen, he has spent years organizing MMA fights, giving combat training to far right extremists, including members of National Action, a British neo Nazi group now banned in the UK government, and promoting his far right fashion brand, right, wet, white, white Rex, to anyone willing to buy into his neo Nazi ideas. Now, the, one of the points I, I skipped over for the most part is the fact that these people are trying to rebrand the swastika. That's what they're really trying to argue, really trying to bring it back, which I just find disingenuous at the very least not because of what you might think but because it's being forced down our throats i would anyway the point is nikitin now based in kiev who's gotten citizenship because of the previous puppet that was in the place has urged his followers to train up for violence against muslims and migrants okay is that putin's fault that's how they want you to think about this but that is somebody who is fighting putin and is working alongside the totally not neo-nazi azov movement and like the far right itself, the far right MMA culture is increasingly international. See, this is when they were wanting you to draw that connection. You see, this is the Azov movement, MMA movement, and a group tied directly right now to them as well, telling you members of the California-based Rise Above movement, an American group that once describes itself as the premier MMA fight club of alt-right, visited Kiev in 2018 as guests of the Azov movement. The Rise Above movement's leader himself taking part in the fight night they then became part of the, uh, here's the person's name I'm blanking on. As it says here, oh no, that's the wrong one, hold on. The post containing a photograph of Rise Above member movements, this is from the FBI, by the way, this links are below this. During their trip to Germany, Ukraine, and Italy, meeting with Olenia Semenkia, who, by the way, currently still represents the Azov movement, the leader of the International Department of the National Corps, which is a political party in Ukraine that was founded in 2016 out of the regiment of the Azov movement. It says, I know the Azov Battalion is a paramilitary of the Ukrainian National Guard, which is known for its association with neo-Nazi ideology and the use of Nazi symbolism. Like it's very clear, United States-based white supremacy organizations, but they're baffled by it today. How can you be so wrong? The other point is that this is now, they have then extended, oh, 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 uh, I just blanked on it again, Semenkia, Olenia, Olenia Semenkia reached out and made this connection. And they are now the international arm, according to the experts in 2023, of the Rise Above, of the Azov movement. Let's not forget you can keep going further back. It was harder to make the connection then, guys. But here's just one example of many. The Buffalo shooter was linked to the Azov movement. He literally had their symbolism. He literally had their flag. And I said, as the clumsy vanilla ISIS agenda stumbles forward. This is the same thing. The idea, and there, here's the New Zealand shooter. Same thing. The whole point, guys, was that this was meant to tie back to the Azov movement, who they were then leading breadcrumbs back to Russia. That's already been destroyed, I'd like to say, primarily by what we're doing. But I think other people have called about talked about it a lot. I just think we've been nonstop pointing this out. 
this has been there. And Whitney Webb's already written about this in general called Ukraine and the new Al-Qaeda in 2022. And this is where she gets into specifically the other group we've talked about. The Russian imperial movement, wherever that was in here, there it is. And the point about how they've been, they were already trying to tie this to them, but the data is flimsy at best. That you have a few examples of these people, and, and the Russian government already deemed them terrorists, but just because they're Russian, they say Russia's involved and it's all a lie. Well, maybe, maybe, but now we've got so much more evidence to everything, and now they're even pulling back on those things, saying, oh, he's an anti-Putin neo-Nazi. Well, the narrative collapsed. The point was this is meant to be exactly what we're talking about. The evidence is airtight. They've already they have documents discussing this stuff. So make sure you look further into that because what they're doing is right it's still building. And I promise you these people are not going to let it alone. They're going to end up creating more problems, more events which they then try to lay at the feet of what they're claiming are the Republican white supremacist movement, the MAGA movement, which is I'm not saying there's not people in there that might be racist, but I'm saying they're a wholesale being lied about. Most of these people are the ones that showed up deliberately unarmed at January 6th because they knew they were being played. And yet they still fake the event. They still call it an armed insurrection. As Sal Agris points out, why do the cattle keep repeating the false claim Donald Trump had zero wars when he spent four years fighting Bush-Obama war in Afghanistan, the illegal war in Yemen, and had more drone strikes than Obama? Thank God somebody who can think past the two-party illusion. Sal does good work. And that person says, that's easy, us and them, the othering. The establishment needs two-dimensional thinking. They got you fighting a culture war to stop you from fighting a class war. Intelligent people can see through this, and I think that's incre increasingly dwindling the illusion of the two-party illusion, <laughs> deception, and all the screamers at the top of the paradigm that want to keep lying to you for their own benefit. Tom Fitton points out, U.S. Capitol Police considered labeling all 14,000 hours of January 6th video footage as security information in order to prevent you from seeing it. Because that's what honest people do, right? Give us 75 years, FDA said. Totally honest. No, that's liars. Those are deceitful people. And let's not forget January 6th itself, where you literally had a, a member, and I'm not going to go into it in depth, read the art, read the show, watch the show, all the source materials below. You have a member of the Azov movement, verifiably, at January 6th, yelling, let's go, come on, guys, in Russian. You know why? I just explained it to you. Because that was all meant to tie back to the white supremacy issue of what was going on because of Russia. He was a member of the Azov movement. They wanted this to tie back to, but yet we exposed this story. And they also had members of left-wing groups that were there going, we did it, we tricked them, we fooled everybody. And as I said, January 6th was always a very clear government operation. Watch it for yourself. There's plenty of more examples. This guy here was trying to make you think that Russia was involved crazy it's so very clearly it's just obvious now a couple other other points here vanessa bealey points out video exposing u.s coaching of terrorist armed groups and rehearsal for media appearances in u.s imposed 55 kilometer excursion zone around illegal u.s military base all we've already talked we've talked about all so many times we've interviewed vanessa bealey more than once about it it is a terrorist camp it is a it is a basically a, for terrorist camp but it's also an um like a concentration camp, if you will, where people of Syrian descent or Syrians are being held there. Literally everything you read about Syria and West is fabricated and manipulated. Now you can just watch in general.
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين so you're watching you can you know what in, in, in time in general i think i'm going to skip it you guys can watch for yourself the point is that they are walking them through how to present themselves in a very manipulated sense and it goes beyond just the military i quite frankly think almost everything you're seeing today is in some way a, a lie a manipulation because i mean th these people are desperate what they're doing is becoming very clear freddie ponton points out something important that overlaps with niger who is uh, Georgia Maloney. Is it Georgia? I think I was always calling her Georgia. Georgia Maloney, right? The Italian prime minister. Well, she has approved unconditionally Washington's position on Africa. You know, the, the they want to continue to colonialize and steal from the people in, in Africa, which consists of dollarizing the entire continent, including French-speaking Africa. She landed in Washington the day before Niger's coup. Isn't that interesting? Here she is. Political instrument of Biden, the United States behind, behind the Niger coup, wanting to tell Biden privately Italy plans to break with China. Remember how she was framed as the darling of the right? Well, the, the two-party paradigm will kind of always do that to you. Time to wake up, guys. They're continuing the same old plan. Now let's talk about, oh, actually, I forgot I was going to download some extra stuff as we were going. I might have to download some videos as we go. COVID-19 in the context of the continual manipulations, the continual lies we're seeing. I mean, every single thing, everything, guys. I mean, it's just, what isn't being manipulated right now? I've never been a proponent of the idea that everything is fake, but but really, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible how much we're seeing today that is just complete fabrication. Rhett Suff Levy points out a very important place to start in regard to COVID-19 or the injections of the within the illusion. Very bad news for mRNA COVID backs. Well, add it to the list. It's already at a point where we know without question that it's dangerous for everybody all the time. And I mean that, not that you're immediately going to die, but there's no benefit, right? The, the, what we're dealing with, even if it's even there, by peer-reviewed science is less than the flu and always was from the very beginning. 94% of the population were at less risk. I mean, like less than half of the risk of normal flu. That's a fact by peer-reviewed science at this point. And then you add on all of the other things we're seeing and all of the other risks and the mountain of super rare problems that we've later discovered are totally not rare at all. In fact, they're very dangerous. But even if they were rare, the pile is to the sky. This is going even further. Published study shows, and we've already talked about the IgG4 example. In fact, I'll just bring, I'll, I have an article about it too, but I'll just bring up his because Igor was the one that was really breaking this down early. Booster causing IgG4 immune tolerance. Basically, the, the it, 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 IgG3 arguably being what should be happening, IgG4 basically creating endless illness and then eventual death. But the idea being that it creates chronic COVID. It's treating it essentially like something you turn into, like the way your body treats allergies. That you take something that creates IgG4 antibodies for something that then becomes something they don't deal like a like a pollen allergy, right? The problem though is if you're turning something into something, if you're treating something like it would be treating pollen, that it ignores, well, it just never goes away, especially if it's actually something making people sick, right? So it's very clear this is part of what's happening. It's been proven. This gets even worse. Published study shows boosted individuals, so people that have gotten more than one of these dangerous shots, exhibit significant subclass switches to IgG4 antibodies, causing increased risk of severe illness and autoimmune diseases like Reddick was just exposing right in real time in the, in, in the hearing for, in Australia, or rather just continuing to expose, because a lot of people have called this out. 
COVID infection post-booster is worse. How long have we been talking about that? Antibody-dependent enhancement. Fauci told you it was a possibility before COVID illusion. Plenty of other doctors told you exactly that. How many times? It's just so sad that people couldn't recognize the obvious reality. It's always been right there in front of us. I was going to grab that uh, right here. They're trying to train the body's immune system to target the right part of the virus because getting it wrong can be dangerous. We know that historically with coronaviruses, that if you do vaccinate with the wrong kind of vaccine, for instance, in domestic cats who have a similar viral infection, that you can make the disease more severe. Right. Basic logic. Now, overlap that with the point about pushing people into boosters now that are based on variants from three months ago. Wrong antibodies. That's exactly the same point. They don't care. It's basic. It says it's about as stupid as continuing to tell people to take a shot in their arm for a respiratory virus if you think that's what's happening. Guys, Dr. Bhakti has been screaming about this, and he's verifiably correct. It's very clear. You cannot treat a respiratory illness with a shot in the arm. It does not create mucosal immunity. They know that. They just don't care. Even Fauci admitted that with his famous Cell.com article where he literally admitted everything was failing. I don't understand why they don't care about that. Rethinking next-generation vaccines. Fauci literally says at the end that we need to rethink all of this. He wrote this. 2022. And what did they do? They stand on the ashes of what he admitted failed and keep going. It's just absolutely mind-blowing. Unless you realize that they're trying to hurt people, I guess, because that's what it seems like. At the end of the day. That was the point I was going to make. In any case, at the end of the day, we're talking about something that is dramatically increasing your risk overall. Worse after other boosters. Oh, there's the antibody-dependent enhancement point. Right, the idea that James Lyons Weiler and plenty of others, or molecular mimicry, which is a different thing but similar in the same wheelhouse, all of these are happening for these for these reasons: autoimmune issues, right? Autoimmunity, uh, immune suppression, pre-vaccination infection limits impact. Is the vaccine is not as bad as you were infected before? Good. Pro- I'm not sure what that means exactly, but the bottom line is, you take these things, your outcome is worse. And here's the study itself. Class switch towards spike protein-specific IgG4 antibodies after this vaccination depends on prior infection history. They keep telling you, well, if you get sick first, get this too. It'll make it better. It's always, I've shown you four studies now that prove that's wrong. If you get sick and have natural immunity, it's always been better. Always. And I'll come back to this in a second as well. The same point, the same peer-reviewed science from 2021, from 2020, from 2022. Literally every authority on the topic has told you natural immunity is better. Lasting, durable, and robust, even against new variants. I'll show you this in a minute. Those trust the science crowd just kind of don't like the science. So the point is that they're telling you if you get sick and then get the injection, it's worse. And then if you get more boosters, it's even worse after that. Shocking. It's almost like someone's been telling you this the entire time. Another note, by the way, before we miss this, is how often, and we've talked about this in both cars as well as other things. We've talked about vaccinants. Vaccinants. We talked about that in 2021. Well, pilots continue to die while flying. He's pointing out a couple of examples here where this is happening, but it's continuing to get worse. Here is a professor who's pointing this out. Scientists should heed events like this as red flags. He says red lights. Pause and investigate before rolling out gene-based biologics, biologicals. That's pretty scathing. That's not saying stop these shots. He's saying stop everything you're working on in regard to mRNA platforms, gene-based biologicals. 
precautionary principle demands this because another pilot died of cardiac arrest before they even landed. All right, no, before they, the flight. In this case, there were people flying and they died and the passenger or the, uh, the co-pilot had to land. Now, what happens if they both die? I mean, guys, this is so embarrassingly obvious. It's so insultingly obvious. These Now you're getting people like this, epidemiologist, a professor who probably was pro-vaccine before coming out and saying, stop. We all see this. But this still happens, and this makes me sick. Watch this, guys. Look at how many times they inject this little child. God, it makes me so angry. It just makes me incredibly, I mean, there's literally nothing that backs up that many things at one time. They don't have comparative studies. They don't have placebo-based testing. I can't understand why any honest person allows this. Even if you think these are helpful, it's just irrational to dump all that in their body. Like, have not, look, if you can, you can dispute the placebo-based argument if you're choosing to be ridiculous because we can prove that's the case. But just take the example that you can know for sure that they'll admit they haven't tested these things alongside each other. They don't know whether one might react with the other. They just claim they basically know that won't happen based on broad science, not they've tested them. You should always, if you're putting this in children's bodies, are you telling me we should just ignore that possibility? Well, we'll just assume that they're safe. That's what's happening. It really makes me mad. And then to make it even worse, this is Sophia Azale. On February 8th, 2019, she received every shot a two-month-old is scheduled to get. That's less than it is today. Far too many. 14 hours later, she died. Then they call that sudden infant death syndrome, which means we don't know what caused it. Well, I know what caused it. After receiving eight vaccines. The simple possibility that this is happening should be enough, but they don't care. These people don't care. Or they're convinced that it's helping them. Which I don't know how that's even possible today, but there are still people thinking this way. Well, here's a great post in my Telegram channel, which I don't look at enough, by the way. I, I'm not a huge fan of Telegram, but there's some, there's some good stuff in there. Ben M. out headlines of the baffled. A&E crisis sees blood transfusion deaths rise. Right. You mean like the infants that you forced to get transfusions, both of which died, but we call it a, a coincidence and goes under SIDS? Yes, that's what's happening. This is real stuff. They're literally going, oh, we don't even know why they're dying at the transfusion. I know why. Because you are giving people blood tainted with spike proteins. This has even happened before. We've proven this. As I do, I even need to show people again. I mean, you know. Oops, not not the one. This is just one example. I've got at least three studies that prove to you that this is in your body long past one, and and, and it continues to make them. But here is the Red Cross, who still stands by this. Twenty twenty two, they said this. We don't label blood products as containing vaccinated or unvaccinated blood because it does not enter your bloodstream. Think about if you. This is how dishonest all of it is. This is something that has been proven. 
And they don't even argue this anymore. But Red Cross is standing on this line that they're going to give, they're going to force children to the point to where they won't even let them take the child away to take their blood, even when they've got donors that are there that aren't vaccinated. They say no. Even though that was used, that was used, that used to be what they wanted. Any family members around? Is the dad here? Same blood type? Perfect. Today they go, no, you have to take this one. Explain that to me. And as I said, yet another peer-reviewed study finds that you are wrong. How is it that we can know this, and yet you are still standing by this statement? You're putting people in danger. SARS-CoV-2 spike protein mRNA vaccine sequences circulate the blood up to 28 days after. Peer-reviewed study. Nothing. They refuse to answer the question because they're cowards. Makes me sick. Sorry, I'm trying to add this to the links and I can't manage to do it. There we go. But he goes on from there. Immune disease now affecting one in 10. We're baffled, guys. We're baffled. You mean aside from the thing that is literally provably causing autoimmune diseases? It can't be that, though, because that's anti-vax talk. Heart attacks at record levels. We're so baffled. We're confused. Cancer is striking more people. I mean, are you serious? I actually plan on probably using making another focus on this. So thank you, Ben. I'll come back to that. Well, Jicky Leaks, or rather, excuse me, Jurassic Carl points out, have you seen this murdering, murderous COVID protocol study? Overall, 49% of patients were discharged alive. 33% have died. 17 continue to receive care. Guys, this is not, I don't even understand how this is even possible. This is real. This is from, this is from 2020. Featuring over almost 17,000 patients with COVID-19 using the WHO clinical protocol. It's crazy. Now, suddenly it's shifting, though. Don't worry. Because it's all coming back. No, But it's totally different, though. Same thing, though, but totally different. Suddenly, no longer smell or taste problems. That, I mean... If you believe that you can t- a variant can shift this thing and suddenly it doesn't have the same characteristics, then you're ridiculous. This is either different entirely, not even there, or was never there to begin with. Here, dang it, is where this is headed. New COVID vaccines are on the way as Eris variant rises. Okay, well, yeah, so they're literally going, the new ones are coming, don't worry. But remember what they're based on? A new COVID vaccine is due out next month because they st- they never stopped. They just pretended like this is going to make sense, even though we've already proven to you, and I will in again in a moment, that it didn't work the last time. But health experts and analysts say that it's likely to be coolly received even as hospitalizations from Iris rise, the new vaccine. Why? Well, because we don't trust you guys, and we never should have. Some, health, some public health experts hope that Americans will welcome the new shot like they would a flu jab. Some public health expert, I love that. Healthcare providers and pharmacies such as CVS will start to offer these new shots next month, updated to fight the Omicron version of the virus. Huh, okay. So we've already proven that this doesn't work. When Delta happened and you guys gave everybody things for something, people got worse. And you did it again. BA1, BA2, hurry! And then everyone got worse. Didn't they? Uh Uh-huh. Net harm, specifically boosters for young people, was hurting them, according to the British Medical Journal. Okay, so then why are we making sense of giving them 
an Omicron version for Eris, which they argue is another extension of Omicron. Well, they're all extensions of the same original thing, if you think it's there at all. They will be fighting, fighting declining concern about the virus. Well, something that we know is less than the flu, according to the ionized group of peer-reviewed science. So we shouldn't be concerned about it anyway, as well as fatigue and skepticism about merits on this vaccine. Like, it's amazing that we have to bat this down. All of this has been broken. Their actions they're going to take again. Masks, lockdowns have been completely thoroughly shown to be dangerous and not helpful at all, according to their own coverage. And yet they're just swinging it back out again. Every peer-reviewed science, science, scientific study on this topic is showing you that these things aren't working, that they're down, that even the ones that are bene- they're saying it's a positive are showing you 23% efficacy. So they're going to do it again because that makes sense, right? Let me just close this. <laughs> it says public health officials, if they want to see a majority of adults getting these annual vaccines, they're going to have to make the case to American public that COVID isn't over and still poses a risk. Well, anything poses a risk. So what they're basically saying is, well, we wanted you to get it. We have to lie to you. We have to hype up the fear, which is what they've already been doing. So that's coming, guys, just like they did in the UK and we've caught them and they admitted they have their own emails of him going, yeah, we got to scare them. So they know they're lying and don't care. Here is another study. COVID, um, yeah, COVID heiress, what to know about the new variant. It says, still, the WHO said at this time, it does not seem to be more dangerous, does not seem to pose more of a threat. But yet you're already using it to hype up to take an injection that is a threat. That makes sense. So when you give more injections and you claim you're just fighting along the tail of the problem, it's really the injections hurting people. And you go, oh, it's happening and you didn't do it fast enough. That's what keeps happening. It says there is no evidence of an increased risk, severity. Every time that's what they say and every time they scream and say, we're ready, look at the hospitalizations. Well, because you're beginning to test people in hospital beds again with false positive tests. COVID-19 related hospitalizations are up more than 40%. Okay. So if you heard that, which a lot of these people are hearing and going, oh no, quick, get your shots. Up 40%. And you hear, Ryan? Well, guess what? They're still down more than 90% below the peak of the problem. Think about that. So if they're up 40%, but below the 90%, 90% below the peak, that means they're barely even moving. It's just, this is a game of data. The amount of virus identified in wastewater, okay, so the problem is they're going, you're going to get sick, we can tell, even though nobody should believe what they're saying there. And, and of course, don't forget that they already ignored wastewater information that claims they can find this in the U.S. before this all started. It's interesting how they don't want to point at that data, but they'll use this to control you. Pfizer, BioNTech, Moderna, and Novavax have all created new versions of their vaccines updated to target the Omicron sublineage of XBB15. Only, by the way, only because they already told you we went away from the bivalent because it wasn't working. But we're going to go back to the I mean, really? So what does that tell you? You were being tested on. They were in real time trying to change this using the platform model. And they had no idea what was going on, guys. And they still don't know. And you're being hurt by it. Now they're going to go take the XBB15 because it's close enough. Close enough is not enough. If it's even close at all, if it's even there. EG5 is similar. It's similar to this one, though. They say it's similar. But they do carry mutations of the spike protein. Yeah, that's the whole point. You're literally framing this on the spike protein, and that's why protein has mutated. You are hurting people. You guys are knowingly hurting people. So do all of our tools still work, even with the virus changes? Well, that's actually completely untrue, and we've already proven that over 
and over and over and over. This is Omicron largely evades immunity from past infection or two vaccine doses. They already tried this. So this is at a time when they were giving people the updated shots and even two of them. And it was that just wasn't working and it was hurting people. Now they're going to go, here was an idea. Let's do the same thing. Let's update it quickly and do the same thing and give them a shot with the wrong antibody and pretend that's going to work this time. Science. Vaccine effectiveness against Omicron. The researchers found a significantly increased risk of developing a symptomatic Omicron case compared to Delta for those who were two or more weeks past their second vaccine dose. And two or more weeks past their booster dose, too. So even the third dose. That's including Pfizer. Depending on the estimates used for vaccine effectiveness against symptomatic infection from Delta variant, this translates into vaccine effectiveness estimates against symptomatic Omicron infection of between 0 and 20% after two doses. Now, they claim that goes up after the booster, but don't forget, we've already proven that game. You go further than three months, and that goes back down to zero. This is a game they kept playing. The point is, it wasn't working. The updated shot wasn't working, and this is the same thing they're doing now. Quote, this study, according to Neil Ferguson from the Imperial College of London, because he's so trustworthy, this study provides further evidence of the very substantial extent to which Omicron can evade prior immunity from injections. They do say both from infection or vaccination, but that's a lie, and I've already proven it, and I'll prove it again next. The level of immune evasion means that Omicron poses a major risk. Oh, no. No, no, you're lying again, and they lied the entire time. My point about this is not to say that because it says this, we should blindly trust what this science says. The point is they're ignoring all of this. There's an endless amount of research that continues to show from 2021, in fact, from 2020 forward, showing you that they already had lasting, durable, and robust immunity that has not changed. The people that put the injection in their body had that removed. On your COVID-19 vaccine, you're going to want to listen to this. The Red Cross says anyone who has received their COVID-19 vaccine cannot donate convalescent plasma to help other COVID-19 patients in hospitals. That plasma is made up of antibodies from people who have recovered from the virus, but the vaccine wipes out those antibodies, making the convalescent plasma ineffective in treating other COVID-19 patients. That's news for I, and that Red Cross, I've proven it. I called them on the phone. Look up, type in Red Cross on TLAV. I've, I, I've caught them red-handed, and that's why I keep following up underneath their, their, their posts. They knew this. They hid this. They censored their own website to hide the fact that they knew this was removing antibodies. They, even the guy from Pfizer himself, I, thought, I don't have the video pulled up, he admitted it. The problem is when you get two boosters, you have less antibodies. He says this on the record. The point is that that's removing your, so that removing antibodies. So the point is if you have natural immunity, you're good. And this goes even further, showing you that if, uh, here, let me go down to the conclusion. Our study demonstrates that convalescent people that have recovered subjects from previously infected from the original strain produce antibodies that cross-neutralize emerging variants of concern with high potency. That's called choosing to ignore the peer-reviewed science so you can go, oh, no, you better hurry because it doesn't work for any of it. That's not true. It does, in fact. And the problem is you've given them things that make them more at risk, and all you're doing is saying, keep getting those things to put you more at risk. They're doing the same thing right now with the new hype. Right now. And it gets even worse. New COVID vaccine and booster shots for this fall to be available by the end of September. They're even upping the timeline. The new shots are designed for XBB variants, not what's currently happening. 
the, the three manufacturers again, Pfizer, Moderna, Novavax. Is, and of course, the craziest part is they literally say, which virtually all children and adults will be eligible for. How do you make sense of that? They've barely, they, there's not even approval for every one of these things. They're still operating on emergency authorization. They've never even given out the so-called approved versions. But now you're going to step over that using the platform with no new safety testing and say it's okay for everybody? Didn't we tell you this was going to happen? A lot of us did because they were very clear about it. Nobody wanted to hear it, though. After a meeting of its outside vaccine advisors in June, the FDA said it would ask vaccine makers to switch to only a single component. They were experimenting on you in real time with the bivalent experiment. This is change from the bivalent composition used in last round of boosters. Now, I'm not saying there haven't been bivalent or quadvalent injections in the past. Using the mRNA platform, they didn't do new safety testing. Remember, eight mice. We all heard that. It's the obvious truth. We've proven on the show. Now they're going to do nothing. Of course, they aimed it at BA4-5, which, again, bivalent, even though all of the ridiculous corporate media kept pretending it was Wuhan, BA4, and 5. Really, it was B Wuhan and BA4, and they argued BA5 was also being helped. It's just there's so much, so many lies. While newer XBB descendants have emerged, including EG5, a strain that's rapidly gaining ground, experts say these variants so far remain closely related, so it shouldn't matter. Oh, so, so you're guessing then? <laughs> With no studies whatsoever? Yeah, science. Cool. Well, here is the epidemiology of all of these. You could take this at face value if you want or not. The bottom line is, if they're only aiming it at XBB15, which is what this is right there, the part that's shimmying, if you can see it, that seems to represent at most 50% of what's happening right now. That's what's happening. They are making a shot that they already committed time and money to that's only focusing on 50%. And this is even outdated. Right now, we're talking about something that's probably already changed. And if they're telling you the new variant, if you believe that's what's happening, it's already rising up fast, just like last time, but that's going to change quickly. They're going to give you something that is going to create things you don't need in your body. Well, kind of like all the rest of them do. Please do not take these things. I'm not a doctor, but these things are hurting everybody. Here's just many, one of the many net harm. As I've shown you many times, the British Medical Journal finds that these will cause a net harm. To stop one hospitalization, upwards of 40,000 young adults getting three shots to stop one hospitalization will cause upwards of 20 serious adverse events. Totally sounds safe and effective to me. Nobody's retracted that study. Here's the other one as well, showing you that this was less than the flu. At a, pre, at a global level, pre-vaccination, the infection fatality rate was between 0 0.03 and 0 0.07. And 94% of the population is younger than 70. And that's in that, those are the categories. It's, it's just never been this easy to point this out. Now, Fierce Pharma points out, as COVID-19 vaccine makers gear up to launch updated shots in the private market, can the new vaccines keep up with the virus? Spoiler alert, no, they can't because it's not made for the right one. And th this is they're already floating the undermining point. They're, this, just, here's my point about the lip service, like we said before. They say these things, but it does not affect what happens. They're already rolling these out. And half the time, it's the government that does that. Well, we're concerned about freedom of speech. No, you're not. You've already taken the action, so you're lying. This is already happening. This is just already planting the seed of doubt so they can go back and go, well, we weren't sure. You, you, you had your choice. No. Just like before, they're playing these games. This is the powerful new COVID-19 vaccine. Shows 90% efficacy. Do you know which one this is? This is interesting. This is June 14, 2021. This is Novavax. They lied about this one just like the rest of them. 
But the reason I'm pointing at Novavax again is because it seems to be coming back up again. And I'm concerned about this. So kind of like the idea that it's almost like people are so concerned about, and rightly so, the platform. that It's almost like it's being referenced again as something that's like the alternative. But 90% efficacy is not true. It's already shown not to be true for any of these things, even if it's adenovirus or not. But here's why it concerns me. Because if you really dig into this, you'll find that, in particular, the earliest example of the Department of Defense overlap to this, or maybe not the earliest, but one of the earliest, is for Novavax. This is the Department of the Army, U.S. Army Contracting Command, July 2020. And you'll find, just going down to this one part I think is most important. Oh, dang it, how did I lose that? I'm trying to grab it out. It says it at the top anyway. So it says, oh, wait, am I on the wrong one? Hold on a second. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong one first. Okay, so this is the base agreement, Advanced Technology International for Novavax, Inc. This is from the, this is sec.gov. And you'll find the exact same overlap. The, the bottom line is, this is a contract for this is this is Pfizer Inc. This is talking about the military countermeasures point. Army Contracting Command is appointing a joint project manager medical countermeasure system issued on June 2020. This is the COVID-19 direction with Pfizer. I just had this out of order. I told you I was I buried today. I didn't get to organize as best as I usually do. So the point is I should have been pointing at this and then gone to Novavax, but the bottom line, since I'm looking at it, is that this is the medical medical countermeasure reality. But Sasha Lotta Poves and pointing out, again, this is not hard, it's not new. A lot of people point out it's not even it's not easy to find, in fact. It's public information, but people just don't want to acknowledge it. The total approved cost of the government for this effort was one billion dollars, nine hundred and fifty million, one ninety-seven thousand five hundred dollars. A billion dollars. For a medical countermeasure for, for Pfizer. Before we even knew what was happening, we're told. Hardly. We know what this is. Accelerating DOD's fielding of prototypes for medical countermeasures. And this, oh, this was the MDC, uh, M, uh, MCDC, which is mentioned here. All right, the Medical Defense Count Consortium. Medical CBDN Defense Consortium. Like, this is not about fighting a pandemic. This is about medical countermeasures for bioweapons. That's what this is really about. And so if you look at this stuff, you'll find that that's exactly what we're talking about. It was formed in response to government's expressed interest in establishing other transaction agreements with an, an eligible entity or group of entities to include an industry academy, nonprofit partners for advanced developments, de advanced development efforts to support Department of Defense's medical, pharmaceutical, and diagnostic requirements for military personnel. So how did this start as a military-focused agenda with medical countermeasures giving Pfizer a billion dollars, and then it kind of just got quietly turned into something else? You guys all know this. My point with this was simply then to show you that Novavax, which is rising back up again, is one of these, it, it, these agreements, if you get into this, that's really concerning. Now, again, interest of time, we're already at three, three, almost three and a half hours. Research this, go through it. Realize that this is not going away, that they're going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. All of this ties back to a medical countermeasure, military defense operation. And that's why I'll include this as well. Taylor interviewed Sasha about the exact point. Brooke Jackson's interview, or rather her court hearing, 
proved this. Their their defense to get out of being responsible was quite literally, hey, well, this wasn't really about the, just, as long as we delivered their medical countermeasure. How Pfizer and the Defer Department of Defense defrauded the public. It's important. Let me close some stuff real quick. I think we've got a little bit more to go. Too much. <laughs> All right, we'll fly through. So let's, let's get to where we were here. Okay. So this, and I think I'm, I'll go, I was just going to show you some points about the Novavax COVID vaccine. Talking about additional side effects, the same kind of stuff we're seeing. Tinnitus, tinnitus. The spike proteins are harvested and assembled into a synthetic lipid nanoparticle about 50 nanometers across, each displaying up to 14 spike proteins. Formulation includes a saponone-based adjuvant named Matrix M. Pretty weird. And then, of course, I, I pointed some things out of this, but you guys can read it for yourself. I just found this a strange overlap. And, and where this goes is, con is concerning to me. And I think that the, the problem with this is that I think people are going to be more open to something that's maybe not mRNA platformed. And I don't even know if we can trust what they're telling you these things are at this point. Medical board suspends license of a doctor critical of COVID vaccines. This is August 16th. 2023. So as we're concerned about the obvious realities of the fact that these have already been proven to be failures, dangerous, as Fauci admits, the platform design, everything is not working. They're hurting people based on the previous examples of the same aspect of using a previous antibody focus is already failing before. But here we are, as they're still suspending doctors for just being critical of a very dangerous I mean, provably net harm product. How do you explain that unless you realize that there is obviously something else going on? Dr. Asima Maholtra points out, ex-medical chief Jonathan Van Tam uh, takes job with COVID vaccine giant Moderna. Moderna. The guy who was literally telling you to take these as the government is now working with Moderna. It says move may spark fresh questions and definitely should of the revolving door. How ridiculous is this, guys? It's obvious what's going on. Pfizer sue used SV40 to upregulate E. coli mRNA production, tells, tells you, Dr. Dr. McCullough tells you. These potentially onco uh, oncogenic pieces of DNA should be dissolved with enzymes and washes in the mRNA purification process. But he says apparently the biodefense contractors, rightly seeing the same thing, make the products took shortcuts. So, highlighting the SV40 DNA contamination point, but realize that this may not have just been a shortcut. This may be an experiment. Either way, this is real. And another point people are hiding from you. Now, here is a clip that I definitely want to play of RFK Jr. speaking with the BBC. It is really embarrassing. Now, you know my opinions in general, his stance on Israel, whether I endorse people that run for office anyway. It doesn't mean whether one way or the other, but whether what he's saying here is true, because what he says here is absolutely accurate. And this person, the way she responds, it continues to show you that these people are some of the most uninformed, I mean, like mindless followers that frame themselves as the big time journalists. She is literally, her response is, but the authorities said, though, that's, I mean, it's so embarrassing. And these are the people that are shutting us down. This, in fact, BBC Verify 
right? One of the groups that's literally acting like they're the ones checking because they're making fake accounts on Twitter and following along and telling you, oh, that's a liar because he said the wrong thing about the vaccine. That's kind of how this game is being played right now. It's, I mean, they're losing. They seem to know that too, which I love. Is it the press? Let me ask you this. Why is it that the press and not BBC or any of the press, you, you know, you're, we're doing your science over here. CDC's got your science. Why? And, oh, excuse me, just so you know, so I didn't, if you guys don't get confused, this is from, I believe, 2016 when this interview was taking place. Is it that you're not covering the fact that the senior scientist at CDC, he's currently at CDC, a 19-year veteran, Dr. Bill Thompson, the author of the three principal studies that are the bedrock foundation for the assertion that thimerosal does not make kids sick or it doesn't give them autism. He's now come... And, and remember, we know this now. Despite all the pushback, these things are be- now removed because they're dangerous. Just make sure you understand that. Forward, hire the best whistleblower attorney. And, well, and, and quite frankly, still being used in some places, too. That's also ridiculous. In the country, he's still at CDC, and he's saying we lied about all of our science. So how is it that these 350 organizations can say it's unequivocally safe? Where's their science? So what do you think is happening there? Because these are these are doctors. These are community health doctors. doctors. Do you are think not, they're just uh, they're doc- lying? No, they, doctors are not scientists. Doctor, you know, if they tell me a scientist, you know, there are scientists in there. As well, well, yeah, but if, but if that, that's an argument by credential, okay? See, what CDC says is science, or what a scientist says is science, is well, not science. What about the others? The World Health Organization, British scientists, Indian scientists. Do you understand that? It's not science. Science is paper, research papers that are published on PubMed. Well, I disagree with that. As you've seen before, we talked about science is the act is a scientific method. As the clip we played before, what he's referring to is academia. Still, I still agree with his points, but I just that's important to realize that the academia tends to be consensus, right? Scientific method is something very different. And most always in history, the people, the outliers, the trailblazers are people seen as crazy by the consensus. So make sure you understand that as well. But aside from that, going forward, 100% agree with it. And there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them that say that thimerosal is unsafe, and there's not a single study that says that thimerosal is safe. And these 350 organizations, I'm now giving them a huge opportunity because probably a lot of them could use $100,000. So if they're not just talking out of their hat, they should show you the study. And... And guess what? If you beat them to the mailbox and send it to me, you're going to get the $100,000. So instead of asking me, you know, why would these guys lie? Just, I mean, I don't know. I can speculate, but all I, I think that but they everyone don't... Everyone would have to be lying, wouldn't they? I mean, no, every, no, no, no. I mean, this is what it is in orthodoxy. It's just the same thing that happened to the Catholic Church during the pedophile scandal. It was a small number of priests who were actually part of the, you know, who are raping children. But everybody got subsumed in it. The bishops, the Vatican, the press, the prosecutors, the public, everybody, and anybody who questioned, they, they became convinced that the institution was more important than the children it was supposed to protect. And they said, we have to make these sacrifices for the vaccine program. And what I'm saying is, look at the science. If I'm wrong about the science, then somebody can collect 
$100,000. If any people in that, I'm putting my mouth, my money where my mouth is. If somebody in those 350 organizations who just said, you know, that they are, uh, that they're completely safe, there's no problem, all they have to do is come forward with one study that supports that, and I will write them a $100,000 check. They won't be able to do it because it doesn't exist. But they've said that they've already done that. And are you serious? So this is a real BBC journalist who just so clearly hasn't even done her due diligence. She's just standing on the, on the narrative because that's what they're supposed to do. You'd think that she would have come prepared and been like, but here's the study, RFK, you're wrong. Same thing you could do with the placebo conversation, but, but here it is. I got it right here. You're wrong because they all say you're wrong and we know you're wrong. Well, you came prepared then, right? If it's that simple, where's the study? He's right about this and he's right about the placebo study. We've already proven that. Her response to the fact that they've never produced it, she doesn't have it. He's offering money if you can produce it as well. They've said they've done it, though. You don't you get it? The, the experts told me and I trust them and you're wrong. Journalism. This is Kareem. This is KJP. But the CDC said so, you stupid idiot. That's why we know, because the CDC told us. Like, like she's outraged. How dare you? How, we, how easy it is to point that out. Well, that means you don't know. That means you're trusting what you were told from somebody who keeps getting caught lying. I just can't even wrap my mind around how dumb that is. These are the people being put forward as intelligent journalists breaking the news. Breaking the news. But they've said they've already done that, though. Mic drop. <laughs> In her mind, right? My God. Supports that, and I will write them a $100,000 check. They won't be able to do it because it doesn't exist. But they've said that they've already done that. And, you know, well, then, but I'm saying then show it to me. I'm not. <laughs> right, right. You know, I'm sorry. One more thing. You know, it's, the way she even responds, her body language is like exacerbated. Ex exacerbated. Like, come on. But come on. But they've already said they've done it. Like, that's supposed to be some kind of a point that is it's like you're actually debating. He's going, science, science, science. You're going, but they said so. But they said. And I'm intentionally making it sound dumb because that's how stupid this is. That is childishly naive, childishly trusting. It's willful ignorance. Say and show it to me. I'm not, I, journalist, you know, I, people, and, and this is what journalists are supposed to learn their first year of journalism school. He's calling her out right there, right? L let me school you about day one journalism school, you idiot. <laughs> people in power lie. People in authority lie. Some of them don't know they're lying. Some of them are just repeating what they've heard. They repeat the orthodoxy, the institutional culture. Uh -huh. And everybody believes you've got to support the vaccine program no matter what. And anybody who asks questions about it has to be suppressed. They have to be, some of it's orthodox. So you have to burn people who ask questions as heretics. Well, what I'm saying is what they said, this is religion, it's not science. What I'm saying is let's look at real science. Let's, let's find me the paper that says it's safe and then I'll believe it. But I don't believe government officials and I don't believe, you know, I have to be skeptical and we all ought to be skeptical. Yeah. And it only gets worse, by the way, if you continue. Well, what about, what about the people that say, like, just go right on past the fact that he just completely dunked on you and showed you. I mean, it's just so bad because they're not there to find the truth, guys. They're there to absolutely ensure that what they're supposed to sell you on is bought. That's it. Thank you to Inversionism for doing great work.
Now, a couple more points. I'm going to rapidly finish with the mask point in general. Jonathan, Dr. Jonathan here says, misinformation kills. 52 American physicians actively spread COVID-19 misinformation to people, to millions of people on social media about vaccines, masks, and conspiracies. One third of more than 1,100,000 COVID-19 related deaths as of January 18th were preventable if public health recommendations were followed. It takes a child to realize that's not even, there's no way you could quantify that. That's like saying that COVID has taken this many lives or the vaccines have saved this many lives. There's no way you could possibly prove that. It's your assumption that had they taken it, they are saved because of it. Therefore, if you've taken it, then they've been saved. Like that's the kind of dumb stuff Hotez does. Where'd he go, by the way? He's cowering in his hole somewhere. The point here is that this is really stupid. Because if you very quickly look at this study, well, first of all, because that's impossible to prove. If you look at the study, the first thing that jumps out at you, using CDC guidelines for the prevention of treatment of COVID-19 infection during the study window to define misinformation. (laughs) So going forward, so the CDC calls it misinformation. This guy deems it misinformation. The study deems it misinformation. Therefore, if you said the thing, they deem misinformation. Therefore, you're killing somebody. Done. That is some pretty smart stuff. Here's the study for yourself. So the bottom line is a, a group that's already been caught lying more than once is being used as the standard for what they define as misinformation. So then the study goes forward. If you say it causes myocarditis, if you say it causes any number of things they've already said was false, then you're misinformation, even though those things have already been proven. These people are children. I'm just, I can't get past how stupid this is. And as I said, despite the CDC being caught lying and obfuscating during this illusion, and even admitting to some of them, by the way, you don't feel this is at the very least not very objective? Since countless highly credentialed and highly respected experts have disagreed with what the CDC claims are the facts? Of course, he doesn't care. The guy's I'm a fake news conspiracy theorist to this guy, so he's not even going to respond. Well, as, Lu- as Lupus says, we, here we go again. Canada's new health minister tells everyone to immediately get another COVID shot. That was two days, yesterday, in fact. It's all swinging back around. You mean the shots that have been proven by previous science to be a net harm or to not even deal with the thing that's currently happening, if that's even there at all, because that's also probably based on a lie, or the fact that these things have a mountain of side effects when we're dealing with something that's dramatically less than the flu. You tell me where that's necessary. All of that's peer-reviewed science, yet that's what we get censored for, as usual. To finish off, they're pushing masks on the back of this entire illusion yet again. Masks. Despite the fact this has been roundly shown, even by people that were once along with this narrative to be like, oh, looks like you're wrong. People that were pushing masks and going like, oh, wait a minute. I looked at the science, actually. It turns out you're right. That's been happening a lot. Here's Professor Carl Sikora. If people choose to wear masks following the emergence of a new COVID variant, they're absolutely welcome to do so. That's their decision. What I take issue with is attempting to force the rest of us to do the same. That's our decision and no thanks. So it's pretty implicit in this that this professor does not think they're necessary. But I agree with him. You want to be stupid? It's up to you. You want to do whatever? It's it's your call to hurt yourself. It's our choice, but that's not what's happening. Just like before, it's it's beginning. It's pressured already. Don't you love Daily Mail? They do that all the time. That's why I keep this back button ready so I can go right back to it. That the one? That one too? (laughs) That's so funny. I just snorted. Here's the, okay, new COVID variant BA6 is probably already in the U.S., says the Daily Mail two days ago. Experts warn amid calls for masks to return. Not only have we shown this to be damaging, 
to create hypercapnia, hypoxia, to all, I mean, there's been study after study proving the dangers that it had with children, with, I mean, literally everybody. The provable examples of things like oral thrush that cause systemic inflammation. In fact, I've only seen a few people talk about that, the dental overlap, oral thrush and so on, which is very serious, which we've already proven is being caused. The only reason I know that is because my mother used to work in a dentist's office. But it's important because the masks are causing you to be sick. They're causing pneumonia. They're causing bacterial pneumonia. I've proven all of this. Not every single time, but yes, they can. Exact circumstances. So you are literally causing the illness you claim you're treating because let's not forget, pneumonia is almost always the bigger portion of what they claim is happening with the flu or with COVID using the flu. It's the same game. So they're just creating the same illusion. Okay, let's spin back up the test with 40 cycle threshold. Test everybody in the hospital, and then 90% of them are sick. Oh, no, those are hospitalizations. Let's, okay, push masks. Suddenly, bacteria pneumonia spins up. Well, that's a side product of COVID. There you go. It's all coming back. It's happening real time. And then you get people that don't even care, that are scared because they're told to be. This is swinging back up. A new COVID variant, BA6. Wait a minute. Weren't they saying Eris? So now we're going even past Eris, and we're going, oh, but even more. Okay, so let's give them the, the XBB shots really quickly. This is why nobody buys this. This is why even people that were taking three of them so far are going, yeah, I'm just going to quietly say no and not say anything because I don't want to be wrong, but I'm not sure as hell not taking this one because I almost died last time. Guys, it's everywhere. People with masks, there's a lot of similarities there too. There's, it takes a special kind of stupid to keep wearing these things when your mouth is disgusting, when your teeth are falling out, which is happening, when you've gotten sick because of it, when you're sick every three weeks because of it. Because you're blindly following. It's like waiting in line when a fire is burning your car down. Here's the other one. New code variant branded the real deal. The, look at this. This is the same day. How are you going to write two articles about the same thing in a different way? Branded the real deal. Could already be in Britain. Experts claim amid calls for return of masks. <laughs> to slow the spread of the virus, which it verifiably cannot do. Even of their own admission today. Wait, it's to protect grandma. No, wait, it's for grandma to protect you. No, wait, it's only N95s, I mean, not the other ones. Wait, because those have events so they can get you sick. But wait, the other ones do. It's this circular logic of nonsensical. You know, remember, cloth masks were the only thing pushed in the beginning. And I proved to you in 2020 that those were actually increasing your illness according to peer-reviewed science. And then Tucker said it a year later, pretending it was new. But you know, that's how it goes. The point is clear that this is making you sick. Undeniably. Dr. Zoe, please tell me no one's going to fall for this again. Updated COVID vaccines are nearly ready as alarm grows. Right. So they're going quick, quick, quick. Get the EBB shot, the EBB booster. While we're screaming about X, VA6 uh, or Eris. There are people that are falling for this. New COVID wave has begun and masks should be worn again, scientists warn. It's all swinging back. I mean, this is irrationally stupid. Dr. Simon points out, wear masks, they said. Don't use plastic straws, they said. <laughs> That's one part we don't like to talk about. How horrible this was for the planet. The very people trying to save the planet were the ones destroying the planet. More than any carbon game you could play. And Wokeness points out, August 2023, this month, health expert. In fact, I could pretty much prove to you that this person shouldn't be called an expert based on this really stupid take. Says that people should be wearing masks again, even inside your home. That's really stupid. I mean, this is counter to your health. You can't be a health expert when you're prescribing something that is hurting people because you're following along. Here's a great video. Everything small enough to fit through those masks they made us wear for two years. Look at this stuff. Human hair, which I've shown you before. 
But it goes on and on. Amoebas. All of these. We haven't even gotten to the COVID whatever yet. Skin cell, pollen, yeast, red blood cell. Those can all fit through your mask. The hair for sure. E. coli, staph, smallpox virus, rabies virus. For those that don't believe they're there, they're nothing. <laughs> SARS-CoV-2. Really? I mean, that's how stupid this is. It's all the analogies you've heard. Mosquito, chain link fence, whatever. I mean, they, they're they clumsy to some degree, but they're, they make sense. And I've proven to you this, not about just common sense. It's about the science. You've pr- I can prove this to you. And I have unbelievably. I mean, if you want to go through this again, like I just got tired of kicking this door down. Like I'm so over, t- I'm tired of how obvious this is over and over. I've been saying this since 2020 because it was obvious because the science backed it up and it never stopped. But this is something important to realize, guys. This is It's very sad, but at the same time endearing, because this is a nice video. But realize, as this person says, three years ago, much of the world was convinced that faces weren't important. Don't worry about the mask. It has nothing to do with the child. Watch this video. Hold on, I'm going to start it over. Guys, look at that. That is that is the child learning. That is the child learning based on what you're doing. It's noises, facial expressions. The children that had to go through this from infancy are going to be stunted. It's already being flushed out. It's being proven. And we all have proven it. All the people that are honest in the independent media have been screaming about this. There's studies that show it. They just don't care. Sadly, as Grace points out, her best friend's preschool that she sends her children to, guys, get this. It's been closed for the first 10 days of the school year due to COVID in 2023. There are already schools that have closed because of COVID in 2023. I just don't understand this. And the point is we can't let this happen again. We can't. I'm never calling for violence. Stand up. Say what you mean. Stand by what you think. Be outspoken. The science is on your side, and you know this because you've been paying attention. Thank you for tuning in today, guys. I know it was a long show, but there's a lot of information to get to, and sometimes I just have to get it off the chest because there's just too much to talk about. But thank you for tuning in. Get this in front of people. Clip this up as you see fit. And as always, guys, we need your support. I, I, I said recently I put off our fundraising campaign because I didn't feel like it was right. Well, rather not fundraising campaign, but a, a kind of trying to raise a certain amount re- recurring donations to keep the main to maintain what we're currently doing, basically, because everyone's struggling and we're losing a lot like everybody is. Everyone I talk to donation based is at 50 percent of what they were getting before. And it's nobody's fault. Everyone's being squeezed. But I decided because of what was going on with Maui, it just didn't feel right to do any of that. Which, you know, is going to be a negative effect for me going into the next, but, that, but that's it's just the right thing to do as far as I can see because those people need your support. We will be putting it out. In the meantime, all the different ways you can support us. I don't shout out our, our autonomy group, uh, 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 course enough. That's in the show notes. If you want to sign up for the objectivity course for autonomy or our, our cash app or our sub stack or yeah, our sub stack, 
our subscribe star, our buy me a coffee, direct donation mailing, uh, or the the donation portal on the website. You know, we we really do. We I mean, right now we operate entirely on donations from the platform as we always have. Even though I was toying with some other thoughts, it just did, I mean, I I didn't I could have pushed harder, and maybe some things will pop up with advertising. But the point is, it's very clear to me that people are. It's not a safe investment. I get that. Everyone sees how we are being censored and suppressed, even people that support us. So it's hard for people to put money on something that they know might go away in 30 seconds when they already put money into it. I get that. So I'm going to double down on what we've already been doing. And I'm going to continue to do this no matter what, which again is not the thing to say if you want to drum up support. But the point is that it's, it's important that we keep doing this like we have. I'd like to give Robert enough room to write 100 articles a month. I'd like to give all of them the ability to just write as often as they want, as much as they want, about everything they want to. But I can't do that right now because I, we don't have the resources for it. So the more you can support us, the better. But again, the only thing that I truly care about is you being here, watching, sharing the information, reading the source material, and thinking about it. That's all. I, I, those of you out there that ha can't, don't have money to spend, I'm not, I don't want you to do it. I, you need to take, take care of yourself first. The information is what matters. So thank you for being here. Get this out there in front of people. Share the information. And see, as I'm thinking that, people give me a hard time for not looking at the screen while I say that. But it's just weird. I, I always feel odd looking right at the camera for some reason. But it's coming from the heart, as always, guys. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.